jewelry, whack. His foot stance, whack. The way that he talks, whack. The way that he doesn't even like to smile, whack. Me, I'm tight as fuck. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Here, here you go. Well, brother, I don't know about that, brother. You know, I'm in the best shape of my life. I'm six foot seven. I'm 285 pounds, brother. You tell me. You tell me what's wrong with this picture. The writing is on the wall, brother. <laughs> Macho man Randy Savage. He's the one that's behind this, brother. <laughs> Guys, welcome to getting some color. <laughs> Woo! We're going to be doing WWF Raw September 27, 1993. I almost said 1998. I have 98 I on my mind. I fucking wish we were in September 27th. <laughs> 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 1993, whack. The photos, whack. The matches, whack. The managers, whack. Bobby Heater, he, he tight as fuck. Yes, he is tight as fuck. <laughs> oh, my God. By the way, another Clinton mention in this one. <laughs> he can't get enough of the Clintons. I wonder uh, if he really didn't like them or something. It was just something he liked to do. Fuck, you know, like... <laughs> At this time, at least, if I remember, uh, Vince is still part of that, like, Northeast, like, Yankee Democrat elitist party. So, like, he is, like, actively donating to Clinton. So, I think the whole thing is, like, it's, all it's good more fun. of a, it's just all good fun. Like, he's poking and digging at Vince to, like, mess with him. Just it, for fun. Like, it's not anything bad. Also, heels like it's it, that's like at that time like the heel is like oh I'm I'm gonna hate on the Democrat because it's anti-American. <laughs> Boy, well things changed ten years, twenty years later, but yeah. Uh, but uh, we call it. It starts off this episode of Raw because we're in fucking Connecticut and Vince McMahon fucking screaming his fucking nuts off. Welcome to WWF Raw. And he's like saying all the like he he screams at a different tone when he's doing the intro, but then when he gets down to like talking to Bobby and Macho Man, he gets into commentator voice, and it's hilarious. <laughs> oh, but uh, he does but, he, he has moods. Yeah, but it, Connecticut is fucking popping tonight on September twenty seventh of nineteen ninety three. It was a big pop in the beginning. They got the like sirens going in going and everything. Um, then we have our first. Oh, wait, wait, no, the show starts off with fucking uh Jack Tunney, yeah, of all yeah. people, yeah. uh, President yeah. Jack Tunney, yeah, he tells us like that they they strip Shawn Michaels of the Intercontinental title and they're gonna do a 20 man battle royal to determine who the new champion is next week. And I was like, what? And I was thinking, I was trying to remember what happened around this time. And I think there was some kind of uh, fucking contract dispute or something. And Sean just walked out uh, around that time. I'm going to have to double check or something while we're talking. but Because uh, I was going to do that before I got on here, but I, I forgot to do it. <laughs> so uh, is this leading up to the, the ladder match pretty much with Razor? Or at least the, the beginning storyline? Uh, it will because Sean's gonna be off TV for a little while, but because of this shit, like I don't, I don't know how long. I'm getting ready to check up on that. But uh, yeah, this is what leads to that storyline of there being like I never was defeated, and he still kept the old belt for when he was champion. Oh my god! Please tell me this because 
they they and I know I'm kind of like jumping towards the end kind of a little bit. Actually, you know what? I'll I'll wait to answer this so we can go through it because you know the people that are going to be in this battle royale they kind of tease something at the end that I want to talk about. But anyway, Jack Tunney's on the screen. Uh, says that Shawn Michaels' failure to appear in number of title defenses, which, by the way, I wish they kind I mean, they do that today with the interim and all that stuff that happens in AEW and WWF, but I wish they kind of do storyline things like this, where, like, a heel gets, like, too cowardly and tries to duck out of a lot of matches, where to the point the authority says, well, you've been dodging all these challenges. We're going to have to, you know, vacate that belt. I'm sure I, it's happened before somewhere has mm-hmm. to have, but I, th- I feel like I remember them doing that with the Miz, like in more modern times. Yeah. Uh, I, I can't I remember wish, if that was us title or intercontinental title. <laughs> I wish they did that more though. Cause like it, when he showed up on the screen, I was like, what, what the fuck? <laughs> What's going yeah. on? I was like, okay. You don't see Jack Tunney every day. opening the show. Okay. So I, I, this is what happened. Uh, in September 93, Michaels was suspended for testing positive for steroids, a, charges, oh. a charge he never admitted to. Uh, but th- at that time, Vince was fucking getting his ass reamed over that. So mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yeah. Was Sean on steroids? Probably, because around that time is when he he had the most weight on him. He was, he was the most beefy looking he ever was. Mm-hmm. Um. He uh, didn't come back until November at the Survivor Series. That's when he returns. Mm. So, yeah, he's going to return there. So if he's, we're not going to have him for almost two months. <laughs> Man. So the thing is, they're having a battle royale, and the last two are going to be facing for the IC belt. Is that Did I hear that right? Yeah, which is yeah. kind of an interesting winning stipulation. <laughs> I'm trying yeah. to remember like that happening before, and I, I can't. AEW did it, I believe. They did yeah. some battle royales where it came down to the final two. Yeah, well, they, they, typically that's how they've done the their uh, that diamond ring. That's been the traditional thing. The battle royale comes down to two people, and then those two people have a match then the following week for the the diamond ring. Oh. Yeah. Well, I don't watch TNA 2.0, so... <laughs> TNA, TNA 2.0. <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> please, uh, bring, please have Double J fucking fight children. I, I want that storyline back. <laughs> I want there to be fucking body bags. Full body bags being sent out of that place. <laughs> no, I want one of the kids that he fucked up in that dojo back in, like, early 2000 <laughs> to, like, show up at fucking AEW and, and, and beat him. Some of the shit he did in TNA was wild. Yeah. But uh, Uh, first match of the night, Tatanka versus the model, Rick Martel. Yeah, I was a surprise. I guess he'd been off probably on injury, I I suppose. Mm -hmm. Because we hadn't seen him for a while. And I think the only other time we saw him, he wasn't even wrestling. He was just being that weird boat captain thing he was doing. Yeah. Uh, and that was just for like a backstage segment or, and he came out and did something, but he didn't wrestle. It's when, uh, uh Lex was the narcissist, the, the narcissist. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and one of the ring girls and shit, he had like the perfume thing that he was like spraying and telling the, the girls to get off the, the, 
you know, the ring. That was the last time I think we saw him. Yeah, so it was kind of cool to see him back. He looked, you know, physically he looked good. Mm-hmm. I like that he he walked by that fucking raw girl and did not give any kind of fuck. That that was like boss energy there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but this match was just kind of blah, and I'm gonna blame it on lack of chemistry and Tatanka. Because <laughs> <laughs> I know Rick Martel's a solid wrestler. Yeah, I mean Martel was actually what made me interest interest about this match. Because if it was anybody else, I'd just say, fuck it, it's just an average 5 to 5.1 match. Which, technically, it still is. Uh, but Rick Martel, like, sold really well. I liked, he took the heel tactics where he was, like, outside of the ring. Um, and they, like, kept on messing with the referee. Uh, I also like that he was just, he did the uh, abominable stretch thing. We haven't seen that. The abominable stretch. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my wrestling. God. <laughs> we get trained by the Yeti. The Yeti. The Yeti. The Yeti. I always fuck that. I, I always fuck that up. But then he did an atomic drop to Tonka and uh, Martel sold that really well. He almost he did, did a Rick good, Rude. He almost. He was almost in Rick Rude territory, but he didn't quite make it. He was, mm-hmm. he was close. <laughs> But come on, like we all knew Tatanka. I was like, do you really think that they're gonna break the record with Rick Martel? No, but they at least, even though it made the match kind of suck just a touch more, uh, they did find a way to make it to where he didn't win and he didn't lose. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, not bad. The, the real losers were everyone watching. Yeah. yeah. Because it's ten, like ten minute double countout. That's bullshit. It's like, well, they're trying to keep his streak alive. They didn't want Martel to come back and lose. I guess whatever. But like, uh, like anything that happened in the match that was interesting was because of Martel. And there's not a lot to get into there. He did cool heel shit. He ran away like an asshole. He did the cartwheel thing. My favorite. Uh, my favorite part of the match is Bobby Heenan saying. Hey, what he wears a skirt uh, like it's like one of the waitresses things he's like what <laughs> what restaurant you go to he said like a 26 star or something like 26 that. star restaurant yeah <laughs> yeah so they dress 26 star restaurants there was a a fairly egregious botch and a miscommunication where uh i think martel whipped uh to talk in the corner and he was going to go for like a rebound crossbody deal you know, or they jump up on the second rope and jump back and do it to a crossbody. He fucked up. He like missed and he kind of like almost Bronco bustered himself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but they uh, not only did they professionally turn that around, but Bobby Heenan saved them on commentary. He's like, see, you beat too fast. You can make mistakes like this. And then like Rick Martel jumped on it. He, he, he capitalized. And I was like, yeah. yes. I like that. Yeah, he they, they did everybody did their best to do it, but it's like it was funny because it was like Tataka was still like, fuck it. And he tried to do it again, which is like to me that's that's never the thing to do, almost ever. If you botch mm. the move, don't fucking try to do it again. <laughs> it, yeah. That's always like the most awkward thing you can do. 
Um, but he did, he, he did anyway, and then Martell smartly was just like, I'm just going to stay here and make it look like he's going to fuck up <laughs> and covered for it. <laughs> Dude, when Martell, like, because uh, Tatanka, Tatanka hit uh, Martell with a clothesline, and I'm like, oh, he's going to go over and, like, make it, like, even fall down but make it look good. No, he said, fuck this. I'm going through the middle rope. And I'm just gonna flop. And I'm like, dude, you fucking you're gonna hurt yourself. Nah, he, it looked like he knew what he was doing. Yeah, um, it was a classic. But because, like, okay, so over going over the top rope always looks more impressive. It's also like a little bit more dangerous if you don't like. You know, some people are really good at that. But the, the going through the second rope is always the safer bump, even if you make, you can make it look even crazier, like like how he did a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, at least that's what I've been told. <laughs> but uh, makes sense to me. I mean, just less total height to fall. Like you can really fuck yourself up going over that rope. You really can. Like there's there's just a higher chance of you not landing correctly in some kind of way. I I think what I'm trying to say is like usually they'll do something that it will look safe but also look good he just kind of like put his arms like this and he's like all right going <laughs> and, he <just> like, <laughs> and i was yeah. like i was like that's a little dangerous but it looked good i'm like i was like oh yeah that was that was good i i like that spot. Just, yeah. just go for it. <laughs> <laughs> at least he didn't hit a brick wall or something but uh he, by the way side note Fucking Darby took that guitar shot like a champ. I just want to say that. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> yeah, um, I'm gonna have, let's see. Uh, yeah, what ends up happening though is they just kind of brawl on the outside after that, and they both get counted out. And that's that's the end. <laughs> mm-hmm. What'd you give it? Because I gave it a five point one. And the only reason I gave it a 5.1 instead of average is because of Martell. I gave it a 4.9. It's still, that's still average because it wasn't bad, but the ending was kind of bleh Mm -hmm. for all that time. I get they, they did an ending to protect both guys, but, uh, they didn't just. Also, it didn't really stand out either. Like I like Martell. He's try. He tried to make it interesting, but Tatanka is like weird. Like I've noticed over this whole year watching a lot of Tatanka matches, it's weird because it's like Tatanka has got this uh, kind of odd nostalgia for. Like some people have it for him. Like, oh yeah, I remember Tatanka. Like you remember when he came, he came back like in the mid two thousands or something. I I think. I, I marked out because I haven't seen him in a long time. I was like, oh, shit, Tatanka. Uh, yeah. but, but, like, at the same time, like, now I understand why he's a big deal with the company because of what he did in the 90s. Like, he was kind of like the, uh, not the top heel, but at least, like, mid-card top. Yeah, yeah, he was, like, a mid-solid mid-card babyface for them, but it's like, I don't know why, though. Because... <laughs> It's like they kind of pushed him. Like, I mean, they gave him an undefeated streak, but like, he never really cut any. He hasn't cut any promos uh, that I can recall. And he wins. Mm-hmm. He does that dance. He does the, the war dance thing. People like natives, man. Those indigenous people. 
I guess, but he's certainly no fucking Wahoo McDaniel or something. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> <laughs> I I think it's just the he, he to me like watching his matches is almost like Native American Hulk Hogan. <laughs> like he does the same thing. He he loses a little bit, just like how he lost a little bit in a Martel match, and then he hulked up with the his rain dance and then took him out. Gonna, or well, actually, it would count it out, but you know what I mean. I'm gonna say something that might be controversial for smooth brain wrestling fans, but Hulk Hogan is a better wrestler than Tatanka, <laughs> <laughs> and he's got a fuck ton more charisma, of course. Um, but I, what I was gonna say was I've noticed this year watching Tatanka, he's like not that good. He's like really herky jerky. And he's got his set offense. Hulk Hogan has his set offense too. But he made it work for him, and he would still occasionally throw some things out there that he didn't typically do. Uh, Probably the easy, I, thing, easy thing there is Tatanka is doing his best right now. If you want to know how good Hogan is, look up, look up anything either pre-WWF when he had to make a name for himself and build up the hype, or look up Hogan in Japan. Like, just look up all Japan Hogan, or, or uh, I, uh, what was it called before they merged into New Japan? What was I don't remember what the other one was called. In, uh, it was all Japan. Japan. Was it just all Japan? Okay, I can't remember if there was a different one before. Uh, there was, like, another competitor with all Japan before they merged. I can't remember what the other one was, but he, he wrestled throughout there in, like, the early to mid-90s. Um, during the time where he actually around this time because he has the fallout uh, with Vince, but it's not quite like, exactly this time frame. But uh, anyway, like he's he actually wrestles like he had he has the like profound respect of the Japanese wrestlers, um, which is a big deal. Um, so yeah, Hulk, Hulk Hogan can wrestle despite all of his other flaws as a human being. We won't go into any of that shit. But he didn't have to wrestle in the U.S. because he he literally just had to do the very little bit he did, and his charisma is what got him over to be the monster level power he was. He didn't need it, which is fine because you you break your body even more if you're if you're having to do that much extra work. Mm. So I totally agree with you. That is not a, that is not a controversial statement. People are just dumb if they think that's even close to anything. Um, Goldberg is a better wrestler than Tatanka. And, yeah. and also Goldberg was pushed better than Tatanka. Tatanka is a is, is a mediocre wrestler at best. And it's not a, it's like not an awful thing to say to him. It's just like he has a good look and they went with a gimmick package and he fits the mid card roles, whatever. Yeah, like, I mean it's not like I hate the guy or anything. It's just he's just uh, there. <laughs> yeah, he's serviceable. He he's doing his job, he's getting his money. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Not every person's gonna gonna be Hogan. Some people have to be Disco Inferno. <laughs> I'm sorry. That that's, what least, I, well, that's how a lot of fans are. They're like, good dude, I want this guy to be the top guy because I like him. It's like, man, not everybody's going to be a fucking top guy. In, it's like I people mean, trying to say they want R Truth to get a title push. R Truth is awesome. I hope, he, I hope he goes to the WWE Hall of Fame later on through his career. Not, he's funny no. as shit. He's timeless. And he, he it was the first NWA. Right, the first African American to win the NWA title, right? I think that's maybe right. I'm not sure. sure. I think mm. I think he is pretty sure. That's that's the, the he has he has a, a that that claim. I'm pretty sure we won it when he was in TNA. But uh, 
But nevertheless, because uh, Ron Kellings, yeah, was his name then. But uh, there is no way, given how long of a story he's had, it, or like the stories and runs he's had in WWE, he should come anywhere close to Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns should literally be able to beat his ass uh, with his hands tied behind his back in kayfabe sense. It just, like, you take yeah. a lot of credibility away of all the story that's been built, and that takes nothing away from our truth because he's awesome, but he fits a certain role, and that's that. It's what it is. That's fine. And he, like, and, he, and he likes that, by the way. He likes being yeah. in that role. He's making money doing funny shit. Like, I mean, besides what happened to him lately where he, the NXT guy couldn't catch him. Uh, and he Grayson probably... Waller. Yeah. yeah. Talk about shitty name generator name there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Waller, get out. But yeah, I mean, some of these guys just like being there. And... I, you know, sometimes I get caught up in the whole, like, oh, this guy should be getting pushed. But you know what? Some of these people don't make it, man. I mean, look at Mr. Perfect. He never got a world championship, right? And Roddy Piper uh, is another one. Yeah, but that's undeserving. I, I think I think so, there's a difference between someone who just doesn't get it because, like, unfortunate circumstance. Like, Jake the Snake's another big one. Jake the Snake made so much money for Vince McMahon. And, and actually, to the point, like, there are very few people, like, you could very, very few people throughout the Hulk Hogan's career that you can look and say the fans legitimately turned on him in favor of someone else. And Jake the Snake is one of them. And he yeah. didn't get a shot. And it was just out of just shit luck. Like, like in, the, in the Dark Side of the Ring episode they did about Ultimate Warrior, he, he even said Vince looked at him and said, you just have the worst fucking luck of anyone I know. Because the reason he didn't get his chance is because the program with Warrior fell apart because Warrior was kicked out of the company. And, yeah. like, that's – it's just bad luck. Like, that's that's straight bad luck. And then, of course, like, his own inner demons get in the way because like, he had a lot of other issues. But th that that's just – that is what it is. I don't think anyone would argue if the right setting came up. Jake the Snake should have had main evented a WrestleMania as a champion – um, whether he was putting someone over or not, it's a different thing. But uh, like Piper's the same thing. Perfect. It falls in that. Vader's a, another big one. I, I always get hung up on because Vader should have been pushed to the moon, but didn't get his his due. Um, but at the same time, like you have that, but then you have people who just go get online and, and like complain and shit. Uh, Orange Cassidy should hold every title, like. No, Orange Cassidy. Hey, don't get me wrong. I like Orange Cassidy. So you guys think that way it is like Orange Cassidy right now with his current role, with his title. Like, think what you want of it. It is fucking hilarious that he puts his title in a backpack and just rolls out all casually. But he should not be holding a world event title. Unfortunately, as much as I hate to admit it, I want Eddie Kingston to win a title, uh, win the, the world championship. But I don't know if he'll ever get a chance to hold enough of a program together and get the momentum to do it. And that sucks. I just I don't know if it'll happen, and if it does, it really should be one of those things where he gets it and then lo loses it the first chance he can because it's more about the chase. But um, it may not happen, so that's one of those guys. Five ten years later, everyone's gonna be like, "Man, Eddie Kingston should have been champion of something," but he may not get it. But not Dan Housen. Dan Housen shouldn't be anywhere near a title. He, his role is to point at people and go, Rah! and people, some people like it and some people don't. <laughs> Yeah. Jazz, what do you rate this match? I gave it a five. I, I, guess I was like literally at the middle. I was going to pull this thing earlier. I was going to go, let's see, uh -huh. double. <laughs> but, 
<laughs> but then we got we got in a rant. I'm starting to get a little drunk, so things are gonna get weird. Y'all need to bring me in. I don't have any alcohol, so I'm. Gonna... No, we're, I'm, dr- I'm drinking for you, buddy. Thank you. Um, so it cuts to uh, Joe Fowler is shown in the event. Ca- uh, I almost said event calendar. Is that the guy's name? I thought that was Sean Mooney. No, it's Joe Fowler. Oh shit! I, I didn't catch his name, but he looks kind of like Sean Mooney a little. That's the that's the goofy fuck that like went to the bus driver and asked him who, who do you think is gonna win. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. my god! Yeah. <laughs> I guess the guy that fucking pays me to drive the goddamn bus. Space <laughs> <laughs> on it. <laughs> <laughs> um, he tells us about Shawn Michaels being stripped of the Intercontinental Championship and about the twenty man battle royale, and it has IRS. Macho Man Randy Savage, yeah. Yeah. And Adam Bomb, Giant Gonzalez, Mr. Perfect, Owen Hart, Rick Martel, Jimmy Snuka, Bob Backlund, Pierre Jacquez, uh, Razor Ramon, Mabel, Diesel, MVP, 123 Kid, Bam Bam Bigelow, Marty Jannetty, Tatanka, and Bastion Booger. Oh, my Chaz's God. Chaz's favorite, Bastion <laughs> Booger. I yeah. like that. Last but not least, it's like, nope, that was definitely least. Uh, but yeah, okay. All, all kidding aside, how how fucking stacked is that twenty man Royal Rumble or, or Rumble or Battle Royale? Like it's it's like awesome, right? There's like so many big people in it. There is, yeah. Is. I mean, there's a lot of names in there. It, it, yeah, and at the time they weren't necessarily really big names. Some of them are. Mm-hmm. But like it's just what happens with them later, so it's kind of cool to see that, you know. And the nostalgia, what a rush! Uh, yeah. Very happy with that. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, sweet. This is gonna be a cool battle royal. It's like um, nineteen awesome, cool people, and then fat ass Bastion Booger. Even if there's a couple <laughs> turds in that punch bowl, it'll be okay. <laughs> uh, uh, before what? we before we get into the next terrible match. Um, <laughs> This is fucking ad, dude. Bobby what the Heenan. Fuck, dude? Bobby Heenan had me fucking dying at the end of it. And he's like, look, it's the one, two, three kid. And Vince is like, that's not the one, two, three kid. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> but they had this fucking advert where it shows like a baby like playing with a remote. It's playing like fucking, you know, Rugrats rejected background music or some shit. And mm. Like and then he, he like has a remote and he just throws it and it turns raw and he's like Whoa! he does like a baby giggle and it and it shows like you know the little box that you usually buy for like a little child and it spells out wwf and underneath it unbelievable and yeah. i'm like yeah i can't believe this what the fuck kind of advert is this <laughs> like you had one last uh, the, the last episode of raw i saw which was two weeks ago which had like the you know the hot chick in the bed with his her four out of ten fucking husband. Oh yeah, ask, asking him to ask asking him to drill her, and then he's like, "Okay, I'm tired." Like that one's funny <laughs> and more relevant. This one's like oh, with a fucking baby. Well, it's yeah. funny because you hear Vince in the background, rah, and the rah! Kid, like, <laughs> <laughs> kid laughs. I was like, Maybe the that f- was their child. Maybe no. that that was a result of that. <laughs> I mean, I guess if we're keeping timeline, I mean, I don't care, but like, I, since we're talking about that anyway, fucking greasy ass, fucking white guy, the ugliest shit. Either he's banking fucking seven figures in the early nineties, or he's just slinging eleven inch dick her way or something. Because there's no other reason for her to be with him, right? Like, well, 
He's one of the guys at the Microsoft developers thing. The developers, developers, developers. developers when develop. <laughs> That's Listen, how he's banging the bitches or maybe not. He's, maybe he's really funny, but that day he he was just legitimately tired from work from developing. <laughs> yes. You know? oh, well, she wanted him to develop all over her face. Develop. Oh. You're going to develop something. And they're trying to develop this guy named Ludwig Borga against uh, Phil Apollo. And I saw Phil Apollo. We've seen him before, but like I noticed this time his legs are like unusually hairy. And I don't yes. ever recall his legs being really hairy. I'm like, what the? I told you, I noticed weird things about the jobbers. That's like one of my things. No, <laughs> you're, you're not the only one, man. Yeah, I wrote... he, does. he got that Camarado cut. He does, but it's only on his legs. <laughs> what the fuck? I, I no, you're not kidding, man. I wrote on my notes here. I said, "Why is the Amazon forest on his legs? <laughs> what is what is what is happening?" Did he? I wrote, like, I wrote, "Who wears short shorts?" Not fucking Phil Apollo. Did he? Did he wrestle with tights before? We just forgot. Like probably, yeah, because yeah. we would have noticed. We would have noticed this in the beginning. Because that's what yeah. that's what the guys do when they don't want to shave their legs. They wear tights. Well, yeah. So. <laughs> Unless you're like a gimmick or something, but anyway. Yeah, he, uh, he definitely stepped back and visits in Gorilla or, or something after, like at the end of the show, and he's like, Bill, you did a good job. Put on some goddamn pants. <laughs> Fuck. He wasn't the only one that had a gear mishap this week, but uh, like, uh, Borga does a bunch of power moves and he pummels Harry Paulo, and he even hits an impressive stalling suplex and then he he does a a torture rack which i find really ironic he finishes it with a torture rack his lex luger now i don't remember if in, in his wcw run before he had a torture rack i can't i don't know what his finisher was back then uh i want to say know. it might i want to say it might have been a power driver i'm not 100 percent on that yeah i don't think he started doing torture rack until until narcissist stuff I, no, he uh, he did the forearm thing because they talked about his his. Oh, arm. that's right. Yeah. So even then, then, I guess that wouldn't even be until after his run here. So it wouldn't be until after he he goes back to WCW the second time. Yeah. Yeah, that's when he starts using the torture. Rack. That's why I, th I found it funny. I'm like, well, huh? Okay. Uh, all I got out of this match was Borga. It knows how to do a move and then point at you, and then point at the crowd. <laughs> I had to, and, uh, sorry, I had such a horrible thought. I was like, we got to say it, though. Say the, it. The, the torture rack is... God damn it. The torture rack is now the name. Uh, uh, shit, what's his name now? I've already forgotten it because it's that bad. I have, I'm having a fucking stroke. <laughs> <laughs> We're not there yet. We're not there yet. Luger, sorry. There we, there we go. I got it. Now. The torture rack is now the name of Luger's uh, motorized wheelchair. Oh no! <laughs> I'm, sorry. I'm sorry. The delivery was just completely shot. I had a fucking stroke because it was so awful. Hold on, I'll cover this up for you. There it is. 
You keep drinking, oh, I'm like, yeah, you're going to end up like that. <laughs> I put all the goddamn beans in this summer shandy. <laughs> Fucking, somebody's got a, mag, a bag of magic bean dust we're about to see here in a sec. Oh, squash, by the way. Uh, uh, that guy, Phil Paul yeah. got like just a smidge offense in, but he, Borga fucking crushed him. It's, they're getting Borga over. Yeah. They're trying to push him. Mm-hmm. It's not working. <laughs> it, it's not. And I think what sucks is like Borga, Borga would have so much more charisma and be so much more interesting if they just put him out there, let him smash people for two minutes without saying a word and just left it at that. But because they've let him do these, like, like he has actually uh, had more like of these long drawn out promos and bit pieces than he has actual wrestling. So then he's, it's like he's created his own charisma black hole. Yeah. It's like, let me be clear about that real quick. Uh, Mechanically, all the shit he did in the ring was fine. Yeah, no, exactly. He he looks good. Like, and you can tell he's he's very clearly like a very well trained wrestler with an, a good amateur background. Like he he moves very well. So if they just let that speak for itself, it'd be fine. He's a. I think he's one of those guys who did mix, who got into mixed martial arts real early on and transitioned into wrestling. He's like probably one of the first guys that did. I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can tell with some of his strikes, like he's he's really unique compared to a lot of the other guys' offense. Uh, but yeah, it's just this weird. I'm Big Borga. I came here to talk shit about America's shit. It just yeah. sucks. <laughs> off off of that, by the way, you, you're right about that. But I think another thing that kind of harms him a, a little bit is his country. Like, I think he should have came in as a Russian, right? We're in the early 90s. Oh, I don't know if he would have went for that because, yeah. you know, the, the historically they hate each other. <laughs> yeah, not to, yeah, not to mention, like, the positioning of where they're at. Like, this is literally right upon the collapse of the Soviet Union. Mm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Timing-wise, like, I mean, I get what you're saying. Like, it's yeah. for an invader type of thing. Just, like, ride what was working before. In a way, I get it. But that's the other thing, too, is, like, they're kind of doing that right now, but they're doing it, like, the knockoff. It's like, Mom, why don't we hate Russian wrestlers? Oh, we don't need a Russian wrestler. We have one at home. We have bad guy, foreign heel. Uh, Like, it's really – it doesn't work. It's just really stupid. If they let this guy just be, like, silent killer, go out there and just murder everyone he he fights. Um, Like, honestly, could you imagine, like, if they just let him just destroy people without saying a word – didn't even explain anything. Let him roll through someone. Even like give a couple of people, uh, like credible people, like that uh, he just squashes, and then a program with like Brett, because they just let him let him build yeah. up his reputation of just being this like brutal, like very sound technical wrestler. Yeah, like, he, like, he could beat Tataka, which he's going to do eventually anyway. Exactly. Yeah, like oh. you already you're already going to give up like two and a half, three years of build with Tatanka. Which to me, that's just really the sound of Vince flushing a toilet on the whole idea. But that's a different story. <laughs> hey. more, let's be honest. Like, what it is. He's like he gave up. He's like, ah, this didn't work. I hate I hate those engines. And he moves but, on. Oh my god! Uh, <laughs> like, <that's laughs> when 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 you can't when you can't beat Americans, you just beat up the Native Americans. Like, <laughs> damn. Poor, but, uh... <laughs> I'm just glad you he didn't have him come out and do something super racist like trade his contract in for like a handful of beans or something. I know. I <laughs> a box of cigars. A box of cigars or some shit. Like but, a, uh, fucking, give me a quilt, fucking smallpox blanket. What if 
you know, he could use a manager too, though. You know, there's like a bunch of managers there. Like there's Jim mm-hmm. Cordette's there. Of course, he's busy Yokozuna now. And uh, you got Harvey Whippleman, who's I guess he's still attached to Giant Gonzalez, but I don't Bobby. know. I would say Bobby, right? Bobby could have could have managed. Yeah. Or all right, keep keep your memory. Like, forget about what the Undertaker becomes. But what if he somehow teamed up with the Undertaker with Paul Bearer as the manager? Borga? Yeah. What would be the? Why would they do that though? I don't know. Like, if they found a way. Cause you know they do odd things, man. I mean, look at the uh, look at look at the uh, Roman, the head of the table, and you have Sammy as the fucking token white guy, and then you had Owen Hart, who was the token white white guy oh, for. First off, let's give more credit where credits due. He's not a token white guy. He's an honorary oose because he's honorary oose. He's oosy enough to be there. He's <laughs> about to be a full blood oose if. if, if... <laughs> Jay doesn't keep fuck, quit fucking up. Did you guys see the, the, the quick little snippet after about how he's gonna take him to Waffle House and he broke yeah. all of them? He broke them. <laughs> it's like, yeah, we're, gonna go, we're gonna go to Waffle House and he's like, oh look at that, he, he can't even <laughs> mad at me anymore. Sammy <laughs> Zay is like fucking awesome right now. Like that that whole shit with all them is great. <laughs> Yeah, no, it is. It's my favorite. I, dig- I digress. I get what you're saying though, Dubs, because like they've done, they've paired Undertaker already with somebody that's like odd, and that was Ted DiBiase because he's the one that brought him in. Mm, he's yeah, like, I've got a a guy who's gonna kill Hulk Hogan. He's the Undertaker, and then like it's like, oh, where did he find this fucking weirdo, this undead wrestler man? And think about, and think about it too, because like you have Undertaker who's becoming this a phenom and this like monster type of person, but he's still not fully there yet. You could use you could have used Ludwig Borga as like his kind of like ro- uh, rocket to launch him a little bit, even though we know Borga is like not the best, but you could still feed off of that and be Unfor- dangerous. Unfortunately. Undertaker's baby face right now, so that doesn't work. Oh yeah, you know. Uh, so here's here's an idea. You know they did that. They did this too decades later. But you have the whole uh, League of Nations thing they did back in like the 2016 thing. Right now you have the Quebecers who just like are hot off of becoming uh, tag champs, and you have Johnny Polo already managing them, who's like this smarmy little shit heel. This is a perfect person to put them with. He's like their enforcer. He, he's a heater. Mm-hmm. That actually it makes is. more sense. Oh, that's that's where you put him, right? That's a good. That's yeah. that's a good idea. Yeah. And they hate America, right? Yeah, they they only wrestle under Quebec rules. So. <laughs> yeah. uh, unless they're gonna lose, in which case, <laughs> I remember Macho going crazy in the match, which we'll get to later. He's like, "Oh, we wrestle under Quebec rules now." <laughs> I can't remember what who said what about it. So someone had like a. Quick comment about it not being Quebec rules or something. I think it was Heenan. Yeah. He's like, no, not not today. <laughs> uh, next is Superfly Jimmy Stucka. Yes, <laughs> that, that guy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> gets Paul Van Dale. And I was like, what? Like, I just didn't, I haven't seen Jimmy Stucka on WWF TV this whole year. Paul Van, Van Dale. Dale. That almost <laughs> sounds like great value, Rob Van Dam. Yes. Paul <laughs> <laughs> but like, I didn't expect to see Snuka, uh, just because I didn't know where he was at right now. Uh, 
and here he is. And this jobber tried to jump him, which I thought was really funny. <laughs> like, oh, you're going to jump Snooka? Okay. And then, like, the match goes on. And, like, okay, I guess you got to say this. Snooka looks burned out and, like, deflated. But he's still, <laughs> yeah. But he's, like, he's clearly off of the gas. But uh, he still is in shape. He's in some kind of shape. He, he is a shape. Like, that's the thing is uh, he's hit that age. There's it, It's weird because thankfully now because of how how people in general train and, and keep their bodies in shape and keep up with the cardio, um, because of that, it helps that people can now be in their 50s and just be in awesome shape. Like, we were just talking about J-E-double-F, J-E-double-R, E-double-T. Edge, oh, man. The mind. Edge, uh, yeah. yeah. Jer- Jericho, I mean, Jericho's in great shape now after uh, he re- he realized he was fat. Mm. Cue it. Yeah, after he almost died because of being fat. Oh, no, it's not working. <laughs> oh, no, oh, no, he's fat! Yeah, there you go, he did it. <laughs> yeah, he walked, with, walked my daughter up for that one. Uh, but uh, There you go. But, yeah. <laughs> but uh, the problem is, is that they didn't have that, and they and these guys typically relied heavily on like, okay, we're gonna skip leg day, we're gonna juice the fuck out for twenty years or so, and their bodies are broken down by like mid forties. So like in their yeah. mid forties, they and they also again they're still that classic like bodybuilder type of, of physique and mentality. So like a lot of oil, a lot of tanning and stuff. So then they have that like leathery hot dog skin, and that that he he looks like he's wearing a hot dog. He looks like a bratwurst you threw on the grill, and then like you left, you, you took it off the grill and you let it cool, and then like the skin shriveled up. That's what he it looks to, like. He, like you forgot to go get it, and you left it out in the sun for the rest of the day. <laughs> get it dehydrated. Watching yeah. watching Jimmy Snuka wrestle in this match is like going to a wedding and seeing your uncle who's off like drink drinking his twentieth natty ice. And starts to dance to the electric slide song. Boogie woogie woogie. Boogie woogie woogie and all night long on his fucking wrestling match. Because like I, he he would like throw uh Paul Van Dale, PVD, uh into the uh the ropes and like he hesitates. I don't know if like they kept on doing the zoom in thing where he was you could actually see he was talking to Paul Paul. Uh, during this match i'm like it looks so slow and like they actually did a cut when he went onto the top rope i don't know if you noticed that they cut when he was climbing it and then they cut it back when literally he landed on him yeah yeah so it, it was weird to see that and now i understand why they did that because i was kind of a little annoyed when i first watched this because they did the whole goofy shit with fucking brother brother like, crush. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, that, that's also funny too that they did that during this of all things. Yeah, I was yeah. like, I was like, what the fuck? You brought Jimmy Snuka back on TV. All right, look, we all know what the fuck you did and everything, but at this period of time, Jimmy Snuka is still like a pretty, yes, a pretty big name <laughs> in wrestling. And uh, it's like, yeah, he's just fighting a job. So it's like, whoa, Jimmy Snuka's on TV. And then they step on it with this brother crush shit and him being mad and not telling anybody why and when the guy when, when randy savage calls him out he just hangs up the phone immediately like last time 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, what's funny though too is like it's not that surprising because it's not like they've been doing these bits during times when wrestler like nobodies are doing things. It's usually a squash match that gets it gets kind of drawn out, but it's with someone they're trying to build as a star. So, I mean, Snook is already a star, but it's it's kind of in the same vein of like the the big like it's just someone that's getting a big squash match and that's the one. But like you could have done that during Borga's match too. Oh, I don't fuck. know. I do want to go back to about Snooka's hot dog skin and say that if you <laughs> took if you took all of his matches in like a five year span around this time, like moving forward, and just edited them out and let them play all in succession, you would be watching the process of beef jerky being made. Oh man. Whoa. Yep, you're welcome. But beef it's jerky not just funny but factual. But beef jerky is also a tasty snack. Yep, and beef jerky never murdered his girlfriend. That's true. I was going to say, everybody, but y'all are making fun of Snooka and shit, but I thought he looked okay, actually, despite he, his, you know. I thought he did. His uh, his finish, the splash was good. He like still the, did a splash. He got some air. That was, that was some distance. He so. still does the drop down, crisscross, the, the clap, the leapfrog, the, the clap, the, 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 the chop shit. And the headbutts, and he did he did a fucking power driver, which I didn't know he ever would do before. I was like, "What the fuck?" He was a good power driver too. He did a springboard <laughs> suplex where he like bounced the guy off, and like it was so low, dude. He like snapped that really quickly. I miss. I must have missed that one. I might have been mm-hmm. writing a note when he did that, but uh, I thought it looked good though. Uh, yeah, when they're talking on the phone, I already did the promo. That's basically everything Crush says. But Heenan's like instigating this shit. He's asking like, "Why aren't you in the the IC title battle royal?" And he's like, "I don't know, brother." And then he tries to say, "You think your buddy Randy Savage has something to do with it?" And then Macho Man's just like, "That's a damn lie!" Like he just <laughs> he just pops off immediately. <laughs> you don't ever really hear anybody on WWF TV back then say, "Damn." or hell or anything. So that just kind of came out of nowhere. Um, and then Crush hangs up, like, right after he interjects. He's like, you got a problem, brother? What's going on, man? And then, like, <laughs> and he's he's just pissed after that. And then he's got one of the best lines, though. He's like, uh, we're done? He's, did he hang up? He's like, all right, if there's charges, uh, reverse the charges to him. <laughs> the fucking asshole. what i don't Uh, get is they're doing this whole thing with crush yeah as this like weird like pissy like passive aggressive i'm not gonna talk to you brother because you stabbed me in the back and be vague like is that not some of like the the most I took my my dick and balls behind and wear the mangina type of bullshit. Like that doesn't make any. It is such opposite of like the like machismo masculine thing. Even if you're trying to make him a heel, like you could do it in other ways to justify it or whatever. But it doesn't even make sense. Like this guy's massive. Why are you making him into like the chicken shit? I think what they're doing is yeah. You mentioned like understanding about turning into a heel, but he was. I mean, we've seen it. He was kind of getting pops when he came out and shit mm-hmm. uh, when he was doing his run, especially against Doink. And I guess they want to pretty much ruin it to the point where you really fucking hate the dude. Because I don't I don't know in the 90s, there was no message boards or anything. We have to go off of what people think today. Um, I mean, if you want to make people hate him, have him go out and like 
take pictures of him fucking Macho Man's mom or something. I, I mean, obviously, you can't do that. But, like, just do make him do something clearly hateful and, like, mean right then and there. Why, why do this, like, weird... Like, they're not doing anything to make him unlikable in the sense that I'm going to boo him. They're making him unlikable as in, I don't want to watch this because he's boring, so I'm going to move on. Yeah, they're, they're kind of burying the lead a little bit because I don't very clearly remember it, but I I think Crush attacks Savage and gets heat on him at some point, and that's, that's supposed to like really drive his heel turn home. Mm-hmm. And that leads to a match, I think, at some point. And the heel, the heel turn go, doesn't really go anywhere, though, because Crush never went anywhere in WWE. Well, they, Sorry. Well, they wrestle. Uh, <laughs> is, isn't that who he wrestles at um, at WrestleMania 10? I Crush? think. I, yeah, I don't really yeah. remember. It's been a very, very long time since I've seen WrestleMania Yeah, I'm 10, pretty but. sure it's who he wrestles. It's the second or third match on the card. I'll pull back up real quick. But anyway, yeah. we, I know I've hung on to this too long. We, we can move on. This was a squash, right? Yeah, this was, yeah, I mean, Van Dale got, he just tried to attack Snook in the beginning, and Snook just beat the fuck out of him. Because he's, the, on the, he's on the dust, and he's from Fiji. Tongans. <laughs> yeah. But man, the, the segment that comes next with the uh, with IRS, by the way. Dub's uh, favorite wrestler, his father. Yes, my father. Uh, Vince botches this fucking interview by calling him <laughs> Mr. Rotundo. He calls him. He's like, oh, Mr. Rotund- Rotunda, and he says it twice. <laughs> and I'm like, well, Vince, what did you do? <laughs> he, he's shyster. It's Irvin Shyster. Ah, yeah. Why not turn to Gilbert Godfrey? <laughs> but like, I, I mean, IRS seems to like kind of remind him because he, he says his own name, IRS. Like after that, he's like, oh. <laughs> but he's like in the back he's like in some dingy fucking office there's like two ladies filing papers around him and shit that's totally what happens at the IRS I, I go to work and I have two women just standing right behind me just, just, just like dad did right <laughs> do you have to like yell that. at them and tell them to get back to work yes <laughs> I gotta I got audit fucking Razor Ramon I gotta audit a, an immigrant I'll be right he's back. Just, he's, he's just he's <laughs> raising remote because of his status. It's bullshit. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's just like him at he shows like a clip where like that last week, which you guys talked about, uh Razor came out and fucked with him during his match with PJ Walker and he got rolled up and pinned. Yep. Uh and he's like, nobody does that to me, and he's like, I'm gonna audit Razor Ramon, and he's like, I'll beat I'll beat him. When I win in the battle royal and we have a match, fuck you. <laughs> That's basically what the interview was. <laughs> I, I like that it wasn't a fucking ten forty. It was like some other fucking like it was a schedule. It was yeah. Some type. I was looking at the form. I was like, is that ten forty? Is like no, it's something something else. <laughs> yeah, probably like an old form that's not uh, in the IRS anymore. Probably, but I, I I will say even though the botches that happened, I dig the fucking uh, like the shot of that. You could tell they quickly put that together. Yeah, it's like some some fucking room in the the bowels of the building, as as McMahon would say. Uh, but like <laughs> they've done that before with IRS, where they 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 create an office for him, and usually that's like better than him just. I don't know. For some reason, it's more believable to see him in his office rather than to see him standing there next to 
Mean Gene or some shit doing an interview. Uh, it's an IRS interview. I don't know. There's not much else to say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, now that I've looked up this card for WrestleMania, I'm I'm excited to get to that point of it eventually. We're so close to being there. This card is. I, I mean, I've watched this. This is one of my favorite WrestleManias as it is. But this thing's hot. We can move on, though. My, my drunk ass is like, what? That happens on this show? But, yes, yeah, Randy Savage, Jay, and Crush do, do have their blow-off at uh, in a Falls Count Anywhere match at WrestleMania 10. So, I don't even remember that match, so yeah, we'll see when we get I, I there. Thought, we got... Yeah, I, I remembered it. Surprisingly, Crush has a manager. Do you remember who it is? No. No. It's Mr. Fuji. He has joined the dark side. What the he's fuck? With, he's with Yokozuna, yeah. Yokozuna beat Crush's ass so bad that, that Brudda didn't join the other Brudda over in Japan, and they're eating sushi together. If it's you like, know what I'm saying. He did it for the people. He did it for Yokozuna. He was he remaking Man in the high, high Castle. Fucking you Pearl Harbor him <laughs> so bad. He fucking <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. That's what they oh, should have called Crush, Pearl Harbor. <laughs> fucking goddamn. <laughs> 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 Bro, back. This is the ghost of Pearl Harbor. That's the name of his fucking finisher. The fucking kamikaze. The kamikaze. There it is. Uh, but now we got the Quebecers, uh, Jacques Rougeau and Pierre. I don't know his last name. Lafort. Whatever. Uh, Lafort, Barry, yeah. Barry Horowitz and a partner, and he they do it. They give him a mic real quick. He's like, oh, my partner's sick. And he's like, okay. They, they're like, oh, can I have a replacement? And they're like, they, they do a, a, a meeting in the ring real quick. A huddle, yeah. A huddle, yeah. <laughs> and then Jai Paul's like, it depends on who it is. And then he's like, the one, two, three kid. And they're like, okay. And then Bobby Heaney's like, I think this is a mistake. That kid's that kid's crazy. He's, he's got weird luck. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, By the way, I, I, I like oh. Bobby Heenan interviews because, like, he's there. He does the interview. He gets both sides. He does better than any fucking media today. But he also does, like, his own agenda stuff on the side, and it's funny. People <laughs> aren't allowed to, at least on WWF TV, people aren't, WWE TV, I'm doing a Jim Cornette thing now. They're not allowed to have a personality as an interviewer. And... On AEW, nobody has a personality as an interviewer, so this well, that's <laughs> just why, the reality. That's, that's why they got. That's why they got Renee, I guess. Well, yeah, they got Renee, but like now they're just they're not letting her have time. She needs more fucking time. She can't just say I'm here with blah, blah, blah. and then like real quick somebody says something and then somebody gets interrupted because that's almost what always happens. That <laughs> so I, I think I figured it out. In these segments in the in, in AEW, like the biggest problem consistently is they always like never let anything breathe and it just happens and it's real fast and you, you skip you miss it. My thought is that it's you know how uh, someone who's high interpret something to be one thing but then when an actual like they like for instance someone that's really high is like singing and they think they sound fucking great like like the best singer in the world but then actually they're just sitting there going uh, and people are like what the fuck's happening so i have been that that tony is tony's watching that interview and he watched a 10 minute interview play out and like all the drama unfold but in actuality 40 seconds went by and they just moved on and he's like yeah that's great let's go let's go let's fucking go 
time <laughs> dilates for Tony Khan because he's on so much fucking Adderall. It's yeah. like 40 seconds to him is like four minutes. Yeah. So, it, you know. <laughs> I, I imagine I, Tony Khan. I imagine Tony Khan is on the like headset and shit in gorilla position. He fucking calls uh, whatever he has to call. And then he like gets all jittery and cocaine and all that stuff. And he like runs to the back of the locker room just to make sure there's no fighting going on. And he goes back to the gorilla. He got PTSD <laughs> from what fucking happened. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, the okay. kid comes out to fill in. And this is where I noticed Barry Horowitz had a gear mishap too because his boots are blue and his trucks are black and green. And I'm like, somebody forgot their boots. <laughs> <laughs> that is, they're pulling a Ric Flair. They forgot how to match colors. Remember when Ric Flair was doing that for a while? Like, like Ric Flair is, you can't, Ric Flair was a color coordinator. Like, I'm wearing all these suits, motherfucker, and all that shit. And then, like, I, I don't know what happened. I guess early onset Alzheimer's started getting a hold of him. He couldn't match his fucking collars anymore. He's coming out with like red trucks and fucking purple boots. <laughs> it's like, what had, the hell? Happened? He had, he had like a high profile match and his boots had two different color laces. Like one had like yellow and one had like white laces on them at one point. I can't remember if that was like late WCW or uh, or before like they closed the doors, or if that was the when he started to make his his run again in WWE. Uh, but that was it was like it's not like a memorable like you know high profile match like not a retirement match or or you know a pay per view. But I think it was like a, just a random like raw or something. He's just wearing mismatched stuff. I remember seeing something about that because it has something to do with he was he was struggling a lot in life. He felt like he didn't have any confidence in himself that he couldn't do it anymore. And he was just basically just kind of just going through the motions to make it work because he didn't believe in himself. Yeah. So it, there is some truth to that. Yeah, I think he just kind of let himself go and hit a slump, and he's like, "Fuck it, I'll just put on whatever I have." Yeah. Woo. What? <laughs> Woo. <laughs> what was he wearing, by the way? His a gear. Horowitz? Oh, yeah. he has like a, a. I made a comment before. Excuse me, uh, but his trunks had like handprints and like he was like the fucking riddler or some shit there was a question mark on his ass i'm like what the he's, fuck is this he's kind of like norman reedus remember like when he touched him like handprints go, go on him from yeah. death stranding oh yeah. <laughs> yeah um so kid starts to match out and he does so bad kicks and he hits like three of them and he does a drop kick and then barry horowitz gets motivated and he comes in and he does a drop kick to pierre and the baby faces drop kick the heels out of the ring, which is like a classic spot. And I kind of, I, I kind of want them as tag team. Like they were decent. Well, maybe they'll be an item temporarily, but I think Kid teams with Razor after a, a short while. Yeah, it's, that's a better move. I mean, he, he becomes big after that. <laughs> yeah, and uh, let's see, Jacques. They get back in the ring, and then Jacques distracts Kid with a handshake, and then Pierre Pearl harbors him. Mm. That's what Gorilla Monsoon would say, and he said it several times, so it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Pierre clotheslines the piss out of him after that, and like a double-team move, and just pummels him. Uh, Quebecers do several double-team moves to Kid, body slam, and do a senton. The double free-fall flapjack, the double hot shot, which they do twice. Uh, and then Jock goes to do a 
rebound cross body out of the corner, but he crashes and burns on purpose because he was supposed to. <laughs> Fair enough. Unlike earlier <laughs> in that episode. Uh, kid starts coming back, and then he does another Sobat kick, and then Jacques goes sailing out of the fucking ring through the second rope and just falls to the ground and doesn't move anymore. <laughs> and the Jai Polo is like, he's like, hey, hey, get up. He's like, hey, hey, he's out. <laughs> it's like he's, just, he's knocked unconscious. And By the way, he is like, here, take this. And he gets like a cup of water, and Vince McMahon's like, that's my water. <laughs> Pour water on it, it doesn't revive him. But go, well, what were you going to say? It's funny because, like, the whole thing is like they, they kayfabed him injured, right? Yeah. And uh, I thought they were doing a bit like, oh, this is how they're going to get out of this match because they like were a way over their head and they were scared of Barry Horowitz and one, two, three kid. And I thought that's what they were doing where like, oh, he's hurt. Uh, I guess we're just going to get counted out and they're just going to call the match. But then they did the whole thing like, oh, since there's one of the one half of it that is still eligible, he has to do the match. And I thought to myself, I'm like, I understand they're doing it because it's a show and they have to put on a show for the people. But if I was like, fuck you, I'm just not going to be in the ring and I'm just going to take my titles and go. They did a thing. They did an old wrestling psychology thing where the heels were being assholes. And they said, we're going to compete with the best tag teams. We promise. And they're competing with Barry Horowitz and some jobber. Mm -hmm. they, They fucking lied. And then they get what happens. It comes back to bite them in the ass because Jacques gets knocked out and they get forced to have to compete without Jacques. So it came back to bite him in the ass. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, after that, like it goes on for a little bit longer. Pierre has to wrestle by himself. Uh, and he's beating the fuck out of Horowitz and kid though, by himself. I don't know who this Pierre guy is really. Uh, but he's kind of good. It's, it's like, <laughs> it's interesting. Um, and kid, he tries to do comeback. He does martial arts strikes. They're not bad martial arts, I guess, by Bobby fish standards. Uh, <laughs> and then like, uh, Pierre gets stunned and he gets like hung on the ropes. He's like, Oh shit. Like he's hanging on the ropes. And then kid goes to do the spinning wheel kick. Pierre ducks out of the way and kid takes a sick bump. Like where he just like, Oh shit. He tumbles over the ropes and just lands on the floor. Like he's dead. Uh, I think, yeah, Johnny Polo comes over there, picks him up, throws him in the ring, and he's, like, not moving. And then Pierre's, like, knocked the fuck out almost. And he just barely, almost, it takes him, like, a full minute or something to do this. He, he gets his arm and leg over him, and that pins him. And he makes you think, oh, kick you kick out. No. And it's he, like, son, son of a bitch. And, and it feels weird. Like, is this the point where the Steiners are on their right way out, by the way? It's getting close to that. I mean, they're going to be in uh, Survivor Series. They're part of the poster for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think they're they're there for at least through that. Um, it, what you it, my thing is here, and I know this is not because, you know, the booking is obviously the Quebecers are going to face the Steiners at some point. It seems like that's what they're building towards. Yeah. Uh, but I think it would have been funny if, if because one and a half of the Quebecers were fighting, you know, Barry Horwitz and uh, 
and one, two, three kid if like the Steiners came out and fucked with this match. And then like the, you know, the one, two, three kid and Harwitz are fucking tag champs. Like I th- I think that would have been a little interesting, but then again, like history as we know it, you know, would have probably never happened. And that's probably better off for uh Sean Waltman. Yeah. I uh, I don't know what you guys thought about this match, but I thought it was it was pretty good, but I loved the finish. I love that they did this shit where they like, oh, they're going to be assholes. They think they're going to get one over on everybody and beat up a job or tag team. And it, it just totally fucking turns around on them. The, the tables get turned. <laughs> and then like, even though they were almost put in a position where they were about to fucking lose because they, they set themselves up for failure in a weird ass backwards kind of way. Fucking Pierre just squeaks one out just barely. And you know that he did. And it pisses you off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just it's just good psychology. Yeah. Yeah, they're gonna ride this shit out too. Like that's just that's what they're gonna do. They're they're around for a hot minute. I like it. it. Makes, yeah, and it's good. It, it's definitely good. I like the Quebecers, the 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 Quebecers, I should say Dubs has to be saying it his way now. Mm-hmm. Uh but uh it's I don't know, you don't see tag team heel tag team psychology like that, but anymore either because nobody's because it's like i always say nobody's willing to look weak or bad like nobody wants to look like that they want to look cool you gotta be over you gotta look strong mm-hmm. yeah and they sing their own theme song man that it doesn't help that it's like that lame ass fucking king's quest instrument pack <laughs> that they're using it's just like ludwig borga's theme which is even worse <laughs> But they sell it. They sell it off good as heels. Like they're singing it, like they're mouthing it in the ring, which is funny. This is like one of Vince's ideas. You know it is, but this is one that works because he still has all of his faculties right now. (laughs) He's, I don't know. Like he still has like a he. Vince likes to dress things up and be entertainment a lot of the times, but at that time he still had like this idea of what like basic wrestling psychology was in some kind yeah. of way incoherent thought <laughs> yeah uh the, the brain bean hasn't kicked in yet <laughs> uh i give us a 5.9 out of 10 oh you went a little high i went 5.5 out of 10 it was it was nice and and uh, yeah i agree with you on the ending the ending is what sold me where literally like they they were getting their ass whipped the whole match and then out of nowhere like one two three kid gets fucking knocked out and then him just lightly touching him. And then, and by the way, he almost kicked out. If you looked at one, two, three kids' legs, it like started you, doing the motion. You can and, see he just didn't have enough in him to actually kick out. Like he tried, but it's just, it wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is an, another real low key psychological thing that not a lot of people do. Foley is good at that, where it's like he won't just be dead and take a pinfall you'll see him like he'll kick out after three mm. it's like fuck he could have kicked out but he just he just didn't wasn't able to do it quick enough that yeah bean wasn't in yet <laughs> so apparently i was really high on this match and i i can't tell you why we've hit all the beats and stuff but when i watched it i guess i was really fucking into it i gave it six and a half chances Wow. <laughs> you I, was really, really I was really fucking into it. I really liked that angle with the whole, oh, he's knocked out, and then we got the Jack Tony for the second time of the night. Jack Tony has announced that this match will not end. 
<laughs> Jack Tony's fingerprints were all over this show. Yeah, Jack, Jack Tony was was all up in this shit. Uh, how many how many women do you think Vince was at at this point? Like five? <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. Who fucking knows? <laughs> oh, at this point, I mean, I, I'd say, I would say like Tuesday Tuesday nights were were like were crazy because it was probably like some like weird random house show, and then and then Vince is gonna make a two a.m. flight with Jeffrey Epstein back to the island. <laughs> like that's that's the, probably like the routine or something. That's why he had that baby commercial. God damn it! Oh, <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> let's be fair. Let's be fair. There's no proof Vince McMahon was ever a pedophile. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> All jokes, everybody. Not true. Uh, that was that was Jerry Lawler. Oh, oh shit! <laughs> King. Oh man. Sorry. Yeah. Anyway, slap nuts. Bing bong. After the match, McMahon does a quick interview with Razor, and he's like, "Tax man, he's easy to find." Chico. Tax man. Tax man. I love that. Vince McMahon. <laughs> And then uh, Savage is there, time. and he's like, "I respect you, brother, and uh, may the best man win." Yeah, and that's that's. I like want what that was. I want Razor Ramon versus Macho Man as the final two, but I'm pretty sure we're not going to get that. I know what we're going to get. Who I like it? this match, Dubs. I'm going to keep it secret. I want to right. surprise. All right, yeah, I'll wait for the surprise. Okay, fine. Yeah. We're right. going to know soon enough, anyway. We're going to know very soon. So. I thought this show was okay, but I wish there was like a real solid match in it. Uh, even if it was like the the old format of there was one really good wrestling match and then the rest of them were squashes, that would still be acceptable. <laughs> this was a uh, squash sandwich, by the way. This was a squash sandwich. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, where are all the stars at? They all disappeared again. Mm-hmm. They There's go no away. Brett, no Brett, no Undertaker. I mean, we know where Sean is. He's fucked off because he did roids. <laughs> no perfect, no Yokozuna, no Undertaker. I mean, Razor Ramon was on there. I, mean, <laughs> I think uh, Raw is in this weird thing where it's not being treated as like this is the A show. Like they're still trying to find their feet, find their yeah. footing rather. And because they're not the A show, they're not regularly trying to display the big stars. They're doing that rotation thing, like and they're treating it like it would be any other like house show or rotation. It just happens to be. The show that gets on television, which again they learn their lesson from that, right? Like eventually it, it becomes a thing where okay, you you need to put the biggest stars you have on television every week, so they'll get there, but they're just not there yet. Yeah, that's been like the whole year looking at Raw is, is pretty much been that. It's like yeah, they still don't have this this whole main TV show thing figured out just yet. Vince worked like a maniac, huh? With all his shows that he fucking does in the nineties. Yeah, he was like the head creative guy. He was the one running all the shit, and then he was going out doing commentary. Like, what mm. the hell? <laughs> no, and the dude, the cocaine, that that the uh, Latin sex trafficking train. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's something, man. Apparently, you can, you can do wonders. I think I think Vince McMahon was inhaling fucking Ico Pro. Yeah, <laughs> fucking goddamn. <laughs> 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 
maybe um, that's maybe that's why he was pissed at Bobby Heenan taking his cup. Maybe there was I, some Myco Pro in there. God damn it, Myco Pro's in there. You gotta <laughs> want it, pal. Fucking gotta it. want it. <laughs> when he's walking, you can hear that noise that they always make in the commercials. That sound effect, that's the noise that Vince makes when he walks. It's just those massive steel grapefruits. <laughs> yeah, those fucking steel grapefruits banging up against each other, nestling up against the genetic jackhammer. That's what's fucking there, man. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, I gave this a 5.3 out of 10. <laughs> Yeah, it it was uh it was not bad, and it was just okay. It was very average. I gave it a five point one out of ten. Yeah, I was right in in the middle. I I gave five and a half. Chaz, this was like decent show. Main event was really good. Um, and same beats we already touched on. Where where are the stars? <laughs> like I'm entertained, but like this show doesn't need to happen. Like you could announce all the stuff that was relevant to keep continuity on in a, like a, I don't know, a radio advert or a, a commercial. So like I don't need I don't need that, and I need I need your bigger stars to be there. So um, that's fine though. I'm big. I'm high on the collectors right now though. I, I really like that they're they're doing the good shit chicken shit heel ride. I like the Quebecers, yeah. Mm-hmm. Spoilers uh, too. We're, we're we're getting them like again. They're in for the long haul. Uh, they they may or may not be in WrestleMania ten. Hmm. Yeah. So they're gonna be around for a bit. The goon comes. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> oh yeah, MVP was gonna. Uh, we I I did you say MVP was gonna be in that battle royal dubs? Yeah. Let me go back to my notes. Hold on. The fucking baseball guy. Oh yeah, yeah. MVP. Yeah. yeah not not MVP that we know. No, not, Montel, not Montel Vontavious Porter. Dude, the picture they showed in that. <laughs> him is I, was like, I was like, that's his name? The baseball dude? <laughs> yeah, he he looks like the live uh, like cover shot they would have done for Streets of Rage. They took like, one of those random villains. It's like a face paint. He's dressed up. But then they got someone live. It's like, hey, would you like? Ten dollars would paint your face and put you on the the box of a, a Genesis video game. And he's like, yeah, that's fine. And there, that's, no. that's the MVP. No. That's the, uh, the two page spread advert for Streets of Rage two in the official <laughs> Sega magazine. That's what it is. He looks that, like that's he looks, a twenty five dollar pay right there. He looks like he went to his grandma and said, "I want to be a juggalo, paint my face," and it was just fucking baseball on his face. <laughs> No, that guy, that guy nutted at a prostitute, and eight years later, the child that came out went, "I let turtles." And he's yes. on the internet. Yes. I think it's superhuman. That's who you're talking about. <laughs> I'm gonna, aka, AKA Wheeler Yuta. <laughs> I'm gonna frog splash on this thumbtacks microwave and with light tubes. <laughs> whoop whoop. <laughs> Whoop whoop! Oh fuck! Oh fuck! <laughs> Dude, the cuts. Uh, side note: the cuts when they like he's screaming and the cameraman just like does a zoom to his face and then it cuts because he goes into like a high octave scream. Yeah. <laughs> ah, and then it cuts. I'm like, that's fucking comedy. He may be dying, but that was comedy. <laughs> it's, it's funny to watch special people hurt themselves. I guess. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> 
<laughs> but uh that's why the special olympics are hosted on comedy central <laughs> so now we'll get that's when the beat kicks in but uh now we're gonna do our september 1993 awards this uh month was uh a little shorter than others well skimpy uh there were some no shows, and then, and then, not because we said no shows, but just because they didn't have shows. <laughs> uh, and we're gonna we're gonna go over it all. We uh, made an executive decision to shorten the the top twelve talent to top eight <laughs> for this month. Yeah, because uh, I, I I I truly didn't know because like most of it was a bra, and most of it is squash matches, and I'm like. Yeah, we had that one WCW fall fall brawl. Uh, we had a Saturday night. Yeah, so I, I was like, yeah, it's gonna be a little hard trying to pick twelve. Yeah, and I I came up with eight, so it worked. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know about you guys. If you didn't, you're on your own. <laughs> I can pick eight. I can figure it out. Uh, so best overall performer. We got. I got Rick Rude. Um reason why is because out of the whole month that's probably my favorite um match of the month is rick rude versus rick flair for the nwa championship world heavyweight championship the gold belt and and rick rude uh, we've been saying nothing but positive things about every match that he does he doesn't do anything wrong i think the only thing that like he kind of did wrong was him just like screaming the promo where he's like he wanted to know what Dustin was doing. That's the only thing. <laughs> I want to know the mystery man. Is. Yeah. Yeah. That, that dumb shit. Yeah. That was last month too. Yeah. Um, you got an honorable mention. No, I, I there's a, like a little short honorable mentions that I do have, but not for this. No. But you chance. So, um, I don't know why I had it marked this way. Just a second ago, that's what I've been doing to the show. I've been trying to pick it out, but you got I ice put, cream, don't you? I well, I, it looked like I put Rick Flood. <laughs> I think I, I was thinking Rick Rude, but I I, I wrote Flair. But Rick Rick Rude's who I wanted to put because I so, and everything Doug just said. Like I just agree, like he is the best performer in, in a surprise way. But I do have an honorable mention, which I think is kind of spicy. Um, and it's a lot of it is just based on the content that we get to watch. Um, my honorable mention uh, goes to Scott Steiner. Scott Steiner got a lot of time uh, out of some big matches uh, this month for the little time that we actually had to watch. And uh, I think he wrestled really well. Like he beat the hell out of the Quebecers, even though they, they took the titles from him. So yeah, that was that was my that was my best overall performer uh, honorable mention. I have Rick Rude for best overall performer as well. Uh, I didn't try to do Rick Flood. Like Rick Rude <laughs> and Rick Flair put on the Pataria earrings and become Rick Flood. And <laughs> <laughs> we are Rick Flood. <laughs> uh, uh, it's like Dub said though. Sorry. <laughs> it's like it's like Dub said though. It's like everything he does is just like awesome interview squash match whatever you put him in uh i really liked the uh flair for the gold that they did 
that thing, the angle that led to the the match, the the spoilers, the best match th- this month. <laughs> um, I don't know. I just re- I really like seeing Rick Rude this stage of his career. It's it's great. And then my honorable mention is Bobby Heenan. <laughs> Because <laughs> God damn it, he's he just makes everything more bearable and entertaining. That's very true. Can't can't ever argue against that. Even he could even take sh- fucking bullshit like Crush being on the phone trying to do a goddamn promo and turn make it worth it because he made a collect call joke. <laughs> I think I'm gonna answer my phone calls tomorrow from work. Brother, every time, hello, brother. Welcome to the uh, Internal Revenue Service, brother. Uh, can I get your social security name, brother? I'll guess what, brother. Yeah, 120 days you got away, brother. I'm sorry. Brother. What? What the fuck? Where's my money? <laughs> Click. Hey, hey brother, can, can you hold for two hours, brother? <laughs> <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> uh, best promo. I'll go. And. Again, not a lot to choose, but I have a reason. Missy Hyatt promo after the match at Fall Brawl. Um, okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, me too. I got a very different take, but all right. Storytelling, long storytelling, where in the beginning she was chasing down Ric Flair, and then she's like, you know what? Fuck you in the Four, four Horsemen. I'm going to get a group, and I'm going to fuck you up and, get, and steal the championships. And one... She's hot. That's that's gonna hold on. I I have a reason for that. Cause like this. And then just think of Missy Hyatt. <laughs> so I'm objectifying her a little bit. But uh she's objectifying herself. But sh- I love the storytelling, and I think that's why that's my favorite promo. And my honorable mention is n- probably not gonna be great either because I'm being biased, but my father, IRS, uh in the in <laughs> In the basement doing taxes. <laughs> it's like I said, something about that setting that makes his promos just better. Yeah. It's like you want you want to like watch it more instead of him just being interviewed by some schmuck. Because an IRS promo is just a blah 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 tax cheats. I'm gonna get you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Something about him being in that weird office space just makes it more bearable. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm going to, I'll go next and I'm combining my promo with my best segment because it finally just gave me the story that like the actual understanding of what the story was, even though it is ludicrous as it is. Um, the promo is Cactus Jack right before going into it because that, that little bit that he cuts, the promo is just a ripper. It's good. Uh, and then the segment is them just giving me the anthology of where's Cactus Jack when he goes to Cleveland because it's so stupid. It it almost is like, and now I finally understand what they meant by this with him being homeless and all that. So I was actually very happy to get that little bit where it actually made sense. Um, again, I think a lot of this is that there's just a lot lacking throughout this, and there are clearly some other bits that are probably a little better. Uh, I know we already talked about the flair for the gold bit that was brought up, but. Uh, Given it kind of came out of nowhere, I really enjoyed the Cactus Jack bit right before. It just kind of sucked that his match with Yoshi Kwan was like, eh. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I uh, have the best uh, promo for Cactus Jack's return promo as well, which is after, before that match, after all the lost in Cleveland shit. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, it was great. Yep. Uh, and then honorable mention is this is kind of cheating. The War Games violence video package. <laughs> because it was just great. It was, I just lo- I already did went over the top about like how I love how like it, they got like this Resident Evil one ass sounding fucking music back it up like you know like Sid botching a power bomb and almost killing Pillman and fucking all this other stuff. <laughs> I forgot they did that where they didn't show that Rick Flair bleeding and flopping everywhere and shit and all that other st- yeah it's great I love it. <laughs> Absolute nonsense that is. Um, best angle. Um, I guess the Quebecer. I, 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 I'm gonna cheat a little bit. Um, okay. so when the Quebecers come and do that stupid rule thing, where the Quebecers rule, uh, of them entering, uh, in into the match with the Steiners. And then the other one is Barry Harwood's picking one, two, three kid because I like the whole, you know, Bobby Heenan uh, being like, yeah, they're picking one, two, three kid. I don't think you want that to happen. And I don't know. The I, the, the Beckers are what had a big impact as far as segment wise, in my opinion. Yeah, at least on WWF TV, that's the case. They kind of like ruled the whole month. Mm-hmm. You got that- chance. Well, I made sure you say best angle. That's what I was looking at. I don't have a best angle marked on my my list of awards. I'm looking at. Would you say Lost in Cleveland is your best angle? I mean, I know because that that <laughs> that's why it's a segment. That's why I was like, well, I like that they tied it together and it, it was completed. But I don't think that was my best angle. Um, if, if we're tying in angles and stuff, I'll, I'll do the War Games build up uh, as my best angle because we got all of the, the stupidity that was the Shockmaster. Again, so bad it's good. Oh, uh, yeah, that's... I guess so. I, I we, get fat ass with a hard hat with no explanation. <laughs> Watch out, it's clumsy. You might fall on you. <laughs> Wear a helmet. Yeah. If I would be lame, I'd just say the Quebecer stuff because actually that's that, that build-up is actually really good and it's also consistent, which is the one rare thing of all of this. It's just a consistent thing, story that's being told. That's not lame. Uh, well, I mean, it, it's lame in that it's just like, that's, it's just like, I don't know say that, but it's, uh, I mean, lame duck in that way. Like, it's just like, that's the. Sure. I get, I get what you're saying, but like, yeah. Hey, it's one of the only good things they did. You know, well, I'm, I mean, I'm, saying... I'm going to give them love after. Cause when we get to best team, that's what I'm going to choose, but yeah. Spoilers. Did you have an honorable mention? I, I did not. Okay. Dubs, do you have an honorable mention? I, I realized I cut you off. A no, I combined them, so they're kind of like both honorable mentions. They're just vice versa for both of them, pretty much. Okay. Well, uh, my best angle was Rick Rude attacking Ric Flair on the Flair for the Gold. Oh, yeah. Because <clears throat> that was just great shit. I mean, like... Flair for the Gold is weird. Like, I was really looking forward to seeing it, like, at first when it started uh, this year. Uh, and it's, like, it's kind of been a mixed bag. It kind of depends on who they're going to put on that show determines how good it's going to be uh, and what happens. And sometimes it's just been kind of blah, and Ric Flair's, like, laughing and yucking up and wooing. 
And, and then cooking it and cooking it and cooking it and cooking it. Cook, we're cooking. Stig's cooking. I'm cooking. <laughs> but, but, and then you get times like where Vader shows up and there's tension and it's good. And then like uh, you get Missy Hyatt showing up and causing problems. And then you get, uh, and then you get this where it turned into a whole angle, which, which built the match. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're like Rick Rubes on there. And he was kind of like disrespecting him a little bit. And then like, you know, he showed off in front of Rick Rude and that pissed him off because Rick Rude's an egomaniac and he wants to fucking beat Flair's ass and steal his woman. Yeah. He wants to bang Fifi. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it was a good angle. And then my honorable mention was Shawn Michaels being stripped of the IC title leading to the 20 man battle Royal. Cause that was just really interesting. I was like, what? Oh shit. And then like, it was a surprise, but it's like, yeah, he was having a good run as IC champ or whatever, but it's like, okay, well this is a shakeup. It's interesting. I'm interested in what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So there's that best tag team. Uh, Steiners. Not the Quebecers. Uh, an honorable mention to Quebecers. I I just <laughs> I didn't want to do like three in a row fucking Quebecers. So Steiners, man. I mean, God, goddamn Dubs, why don't you just move to Quebec already and get get it over with? Yeah, Gonna have some Canadian fucking maple syrup, eh? Top top bar down none. Mm. Tim Hortons. What are you talking about? Pooting. <laughs> Take yeah, off. Pooting. Well, so this is why I didn't put them in the previous things. Pick something else because I do want to say they're the best team. They're the best thing going on right now, really. Because it's just so consistent to watch. Uh, honorable mention is Steiners because I think, like, technically, they're, they're the most sound team. But, yeah, for whatever reason, Vince isn't hot on them anymore, and they're, they're going to go their separate ways, sadly. You don't like Arn Anderson and Paul Roma? No. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about that later. We'll talk about that later. Yeah. Uh, my best team is the Quebecers. Uh, because, I mean, I've just been really impressed by them, and I like their fucking heel act. I like how they're they're not – they're kind of halfway chicken shit, but at the same time, it's like you get the feeling that they're lucky more than anything. Uh, and honorable mention is the Steiners because it's the Steiners, and – yeah, what's going on there is like they're not happy being in WWF. They don't like, they don't like the style. They don't like how they're being booked, and I think that's coming to a head in terms of like what's happening with their booking. Mm-hmm. It's like, God damn it, because they want to wrestle. They want to wrestle more. They want to have longer matches. That's what they're fucking used to doing, and they don't. That's not what Vince is wanting to do. Vince does his own shit. So that's want, that's that. He wants to get to Ludwig Borga. That's what he wants. That's what Vince wants. Vince, for better or worse, always has his own fucking wavelength he operated on where sometimes it just so happened great wrestling was would happen. <laughs> yeah. uh, best match. I think this is going to be like a fucking sweep. <laughs> yeah. Um, Rick Rude versus Ric Flair. Uh, hands down. And honorable mention, Regal versus Steamboat. I'm going to second that just to get the talk out of the way. Like the Rick Rick Rude and Rick Flair is probably one of the best matches of this year too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and Steamboat and Regal were good too. Yeah, you, you you agree? 
That's literally what I have. Yeah, it's not even not even a really up for debate. It's my two highest rated matches for the month, without or anything being close. So. Same here. It's just mathematically, I did the Steyer math. That's that's what it fucking shakes out to. We did the math. Uh, best commentary team. Yeah, penis Easily. brawl. That's yeah, raw team. I will. I will say Tony and and Jesse for fall brawl was you know entertaining. Pretty, they were pretty good that that night. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, no one's gonna beat Macho Man Vince and Bobby right now. Like those are the three. Like if, if uh, I almost said something stupid because only one man is alive. It's <laughs> like if they should bring it back, but Macho Man and Bobby are dead. <laughs> <laughs> They should reanimate their corpses and bring them back. Yes. One time only. Vince, Vince from prison and two skeletons behind the booth. Man. Yes. Five years I'm from now. I'm here with my classic teammates, the Macho Man and Bobby Heenan. <laughs> you know Vince would do something like that. He would get like puppets and shit, like like fucking uh, Kermit the Frog or something like that. Like Bray Wyatt puppets. Yeah, and just be like, oh yeah, dig it. And then have Bobby Heenan say some funny stuff. Uh, but yeah, I mean, hands down, that team. Um, that's a clean sweep. Yeah, we, we agreed on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, shit. Uh, do uh, worst overall performer. What do you got? Charlie Norris. <laughs> uh, and I guess honorable mention, uh, Borga. Well, even though even after the discussion we have, where it's like you know Borg is solid in the ring, it's just his presentation sucks. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's not really his fault. But he, he, I mean, I've seen some of his matches down the road, especially when he starts facing Lex, and it's not that great. But that's me <laughs> kind of cheating, I guess, a little bit. But. uh that's a case of uh, putting parts together that you know won't work well together, and you know they do that twice with Borga that I know of, like Mentos and fucking Diet Coke. We'll do that. Yeah. Yeah. So I forgot about Charlie Norris, and that fucks Me up too. My, my worst worst overall performer a little bit. But uh, so I guess to cut him some slack because I'm going to give shit to him a little bit later. I'm going to go Charlie Norris, but my runner-up. Or um, uh, honorable mention is Tatanka. Whoa! Yeah, shots fired. Just fucking white devil over here hating on all of her. No, we established already. You're you're one sixteenth like like me, or one eighth, or whatever the fuck it was. So we're it's okay for us to talk shit about him. What did Jack Torrance say to Lloyd at the fucking uh, the, the bar? It's a white man's burden, Lloyd. It's a white man's burden. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. It's a but joke, yeah, everybody, by the way. It's a it's, joke. It's, it's a joke. <laughs> yeah. The, the context. But mm. we're, we're both 116th the Cherokee Nation fucking brother. So it's okay for us to talk shit about our fellow Native people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> brother, We're, brother, we got more in us than Elizabeth Warren. That's all that matters. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, not related, but yeah, uh, <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> but uh, uh, my uh, worst overall performer was also Charlie Norris because I forgot about him. 
That, that's uh, right there. Yeah, I forgot. You guys had to remind me, and I was like, "Oh yeah, he did fucking suck." And poor Big Sky was like, "You know, poor Sabretooth. Really, poor Sabretooth can't really lead a match, and he was trying to have a match, but that guy was just fucking shitty. He should have been like a job guy." Yeah, you remember that time Sabretooth dropped out the shit stain? <laughs> <laughs> remember that time Sabretooth fought Native American? <laughs> remember, <laughs> yeah. remember Sabretooth fought fucking T Hawk? And he got, oh, beat, uh, he got beat with that awkward ass big boot. <laughs> I wish he, I wish he fought Thunderhawk. Pretty cool. Uh, my honorable mention was Paul Roma, and that's just because, like, again, mechanically, Paul Roma can do moves and shit, and they're not bad. And it's it's he he just has a massive charisma problem. Oh my god! What what yeah. tag team name would you give Ludwig Borga and Paul Roma? Oh, God damn. See, okay, like, Ludwig Borga, th- this gets into, like, something that's kind of hard to explain. Ludwig Borga has more physical charisma than Paul Roma. Yeah. No, he does. I Like, I, I agree. Paul Roma looks like the creator wrestler a six-year-old would make because he doesn't know how to use the, the goddamn controller to fix the settings. He's just... <laughs> his, his look is default. Like, you don't want to be default in wrestling. Fuck. <laughs> he is. He's so generic looking. But it's uh, like you know, Ludwig Borga has a look, mm-hmm. and it's hard to like explain exactly what physical charisma is. But it's like I feel like you know what I'm talking about. Where it's like when you see a guy beyond just his look, and he's doing something, it 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 it, it strikes you, and you're in some way you're kind of interested in what it is that he's doing. It's kind of like Paul Roma kind of looks like Tony Danza, like if he did steroids. Who's the boss? Not him. <laughs> Not him. <laughs> Fuck. God, but uh, we're gonna rip into Paul Roma more later, I think. <laughs> Originally, Paul Roma was my worst performer with Tatanka, as honorable mention. I moved him to take a little heat off of him because we're gonna talk about him in just a moment with first team. And that's that's my other thing too is is like he's also here like okay look Charlie Norris I don't know if they're really trying to push that guy or not I've never heard of him either so who knows but like Roma is they're trying to push Roma they put Roma in the four horsemen damn it he's teamed with Arn Anderson it's not fucking working so. yeah which horseman is he because I'm pretty sure he's fucking famine is what he is. I don't want to watch any of that shit. He's a fucking horse's ass. (laughs) (laughs) Worst pro. I'll go first because you didn't see this, Zach, uh, because this is one of the raws that you missed. Um, So I'm going to bring something up real quick. Just give me a second. Look at this. Yeah, it is. This is this is mine too. So I'm glad you're showing it. Roska, I Ludwig Borga is gonna tell you Americans what's really going on here. This filth, you call this the <laughs> land of milk and honey? Well, down here it stinks funny. And Lex Luger, <laughs> you are proud of this. You stand up for all this. I'm gonna tell my kids this is Brock Lesnar. Pollution. This used to be a nice, beautiful river until you Americans started to clean your house. 
He's and right here, colossus. we can see what Americans are he is colossus. Yeah, I had enough. <laughs> that... He's dude, it sounds like they're it sounds and looks like they're filming a fucking nature documentary. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like it's that tired fucking shit Vince like to do or oh foreign heel, he's from Europe, he's from Asia, he's from not America. And but the problem is Borga just doesn't have the charisma to fucking pull that off. Even if it is like a shit ass tired gimmick, you can still pull it off if you're good enough. Yeah. The, the mood for that, how they're, they're filming it though. is just awful. Like, like have, have, you seen, have you ever seen that, that little, like it's in that little clip of it's like Arnold Schwarzenegger and he's like out in the field and he kind of rock and he's like petting a deer. And there's a bunch of animals coming around him. Have you ever seen that before? I think I've seen that. I think I it's, it's got about. that very like modern nature documentary look to it. It's like the antithesis of that. It's like showing a nature documentary. He's just standing out in a stream and talking. Oh, this this bullshit. This <laughs> and it's bullshit. just really bad. Very not nice. America's <laughs> not very nice. Little <laughs> Borga, it's the anti charisma Borat. <laughs> oh damn. Did you did you have a runner up an honorable no. mention? No, I just okay. want I want Borga alone in this category. You know that I I agree that that's all I had too. That that promo was stank. I, I don't remember there being too many promos in general this time around, and that's the thing too is like there's not a lot to pick from. But I don't remember be, any being too too god awful. But that's the one that stuck out to me. That one's pretty rough. Yeah, and to top that off, he did two. And that's why I put Ludwig Borga down twice. Because <laughs> they both sucked. They're both yeah. they're both terrible. Hot ass. Ew, poor guy. Uh worst tag team. Dubs. Um <laughs> I feel like we're gonna have the same one. <laughs> I, I tell me if I got this name wrong because I couldn't remember it. But oh. the the guy that Paul Orndorff was uh, teaming up with the the crackhead. Oh, the equalizer. <laughs> yeah, I thought you were just calling him the crackhead. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the guy fighting fucking hyperplanetary interdimensional bees. No, yeah. Jimmy Snuka is not on WCW TV. He's not fucking. He's on WWF right now. <laughs> I, I mean, are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> the face of cocaine. Yeah. But yeah, I mean that match at fucking Paul Brawl was annoying, and it's just that these—they're feeding the whole Paula thing, which is kind of getting annoying at this point. And the Equalizer, like, even though we gave him credit during Fall Brawl, where he was like, "Yeah, he was kind of decent," and then he went into retard mode like later on, um, and I just didn't like it. I think that's the worst he met of the whole month. Because we we've been getting you know the Quebecers and the Steiners and so we're kind of getting treats over there. But I guess I mean the only team that is kind of de- decent is Marcus Alexander Bagwell and uh, Two Cold Scorpio. We haven't seen it yet, but Kane and Cole, which is their slave names, Booker <laughs> T and Stevie Ray, are a good tag team. But we haven't been able to see it yet. And uh, listen, it, that's what it is. 
they haven't come. They haven't been emancipated yet. Oh my god! I'm so glad you said emancipated. Literally, the word <laughs> on the tip of my tongue. <laughs> god damn it! It's all a joke, everybody. Just relax. It's fucking seriously though. They're being held down right now for real. <laughs> they, they By really the white are. man. Uh, by somebody that doesn't know what the fuck they're doing. Fucking, fucking boss hog, Colonel oh, Robert Parker. Uh, what about you, Chaz? Worst team. Yeah. Oh, um, oh, like I already said, uh, Paul Roma and, and Arn Anderson, which I really hate, including Arn Anderson. But that's the thing: it's not even Arn Anderson's big manly shoulders can carry that team. Paul Roma is no. a fucking black hole of of charisma. And I'd rather watch paint dry than watch him do anything. Just it doesn't, yeah. I'm going to just go ahead and throw mine in too because it's like, it's just going to bounce off what you said. Arn Anderson's great promo, great worker, all this other shit. He cannot make up for it. I mean, some people, it doesn't matter how good you are, you're going to get put in a shit situation and you can't fucking make anything out of it. Everybody experiences that at least once. <laughs> I can't think of anybody that never experienced that. Yeah, I think it's like the saying of you gotta you gotta plow four to appreciate an eight. This is <laughs> this is Anderson's four. <laughs> he's looking back and he's like totally, totally, totally. <laughs> and you, baby. totally I still think back. I just still think Dubs had something where he'd be he'd be better off teaming with Eric Watts. Yeah. Fuck. Damn. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Paul Roma, man, go. He need. He looks like he sells fucking vacuum cleaners. Like <laughs> he looks like he pleasures himself with vacuum cleaners. <laughs> he looks. He definitely looks like he had to go to the emergency room because he got his dick stuck in a vacuum cleaner. I wonder if Paul Roma listens to us talking shit about him like every other week. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, did you have a, an honorable mention there for worst team? I did not. I just, I just had them. I, I wanted, I wanted Paul Roman to stand in his own sad little tower of, of mediocrity. I, uh, I didn't have one, but I'm inclined to go with what Dubs picked because I don't know. Like, I'm tired of them teaming random fucking people with Paul Orndorff, and then they just doesn't do anything. Who gives a shit? Uh, uh, see, I don't want to hold that against him because, like, it's not his fault. Well, it's just like Arn Anderson. This isn't his fault either. I know, but like the equalizer, I'm pretty sure he, it's like he's like the precursor to how they came up with the character Eugene. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's Eugene's father. Yeah, they just they were like, what if we had the equalizer, but we made him good at wrestling? <laughs> you know, the equalizer oh. kind of reminds me of the the bad guy from fucking True Detective season one. The fucking. <laughs> The Yellow Ooh. King, the Yellow King. <laughs> Listen, the, the the honorable mention worst tag team isn't Paul Orndorff and the Executioner. It's Paul Orndorff and whoever the fuck they're going to stick with him next. That's yeah, what I, it is. Look at you. We went 200 IQ play. I did. And it's not his fault. It's big breed time. Uh, no, he's, he's Snitsky before his time. Worst angle. Mm. Brother. But <laughs> it's pretty bad. Yeah, it's pretty rough. It's like it's like Chaz was saying earlier. Like, what is with this pussy shit? Where he's just like, Ugh, I don't like you. We used to be friends. Fuck you. It sounds like Young Buck shit. I don't know. But <laughs> 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 
<laughs> oh, that, that's pretty good. It is, though. Um, it's like, oh, I thought we were friends. Nuh-uh, bro. What the... Dude, it, fu- fuck off. <laughs> it, it's like melodrama without being melodrama, though, because they're not even, like, going and giving any more exposition to it. No. It's just vague, like, weird, like... Fucking... I wanted to crush to take his goddamn tampon out and... <laughs> And like, tell him how you feel. Like, yeah. that's, that's what Macho Man was telling him to do. He's like, I'm not hard to find, man. I'm dressed like a psychedelic pimp. I sound like this. I'm here every Monday. It's like, and he still won't fucking talk to him. He's scared. He's Since scared because his T levels are too high and it's intimidating. Since we're like being spicy and stuff, uh, <laughs> brother, uh, it's kind of like a mentally challenged man. Uh, trying to eat SpaghettiOs and, like, trying to talk shit. Like, it's, cold it, SpaghettiOs. Cold SpaghettiOs and... Two cold SpaghettiOs. Two cold... <laughs> <laughs> the fucking cross-promotion we needed and we never got. <laughs> when worlds collide. No, I was I was telling this to Zach before you came in and I was like, he, he had, like, such delay, like... It's kind of like, uh, again, another mentally challenged trying to recite, like, Hamlet to fucking Macho Man. <laughs> he can't do it. And it's 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 so annoying. Like, Macho Man's all in. And then, like, Crush is like, brother, I don't, don't, I don't want to fight you. You you need to earn. He's like very robot-y when he talks what on the, the phone. It's like he can't muster up any fucking emotion. And, it, yeah, we were talking about this before you hopped in. Where it's like, you know, almost everybody else that did like this phone promo shit, they did a pretty good job. Uh, like you had Shawn Michaels doing it, where he was being Shawn Michaels on the phone. That's you well, know. probably just like reading it off. Like they're just like actually just saying whatever's coming off the top of their head. Where he almost sounds like he's trying to read it. And have you ever heard someone talk before and you instantly know what their reading level is? Yes. Like yes. you look at him, like you hear him talking as like crush second grade. Okay, we got it. Can <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> you name all the planets, crush? <laughs> uh Mer- Mercury, Ven- Venus, Earth. Uranus. Brother, 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 Uranus. Jupiter. Saturn. Oh no, he You're, says all the planets, but he he like combines brother with it. Like brother. <laughs> Neptune brother. <laughs> um <laughs> No, we were mentioning like Rob Bartlett we had a good phone call when he was lost in Vegas and shit, where he was off t- uh TV, but he was still on the phone segment with Macho and yeah. uh, Vince. It was good. It was way better than fucking Crush. Yep, and then we hated his ass. And it yes. was actually like one of the only things he did that was good. And then there was uh even Hacksaw Jim Duggan, who Dubs had kind of a hate on for a while, did a good one. Yeah. It sounded like you're talking to Hacksaw Jim Duggan on the phone. I mean, you say what you want about the guy. He never sounded fucking boring. <laughs> or retarded. That's, that's, I yeah. mean, he was Captain Caveman, though. Let's let's not get it twisted. Uh, did you have a, a honorable mention for worst angle? No, that's it. Much has. We got... You know, I don't have anything marked on this, but you have me kind of convinced of that. Like, the crush stuff sucked. Like, yeah. I, 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 I kind of think it's where I'm leaning. Um, I guess I'll give an honorable mention 
but I think I think it's timing for me. So it, it's a spicy take, but it's it's a weak one. Um, the uh, angle of Missy Hyatt shows up with the Nasty Boys, but it again, this is me only watching from the context that I have. I missed out on her like having the whole story with with Ric Flair and. You missed the long-term storytelling. <laughs> yeah, I came on. in at the ass end, so I'm like, what the fuck is she just showing up for? The only time I saw her randomly was the time that that uh, Eric Bischoff acknowledged that she had great tits, and that was it. <laughs> like, hmm. <laughs> nothing else happened. So. Acknowledge them. Acknowledge. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care what the tribal chief said. <laughs> oh! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, I, I think that's that's it. Yeah, I, I think I would just stick with what what he said because I I don't really have much else to to grab, and I don't want to shit on the Shockmaster anymore because he's timeless. <laughs> it's an epic uh, bad angle, which that's what my worst angle is is an epic bad angle. Cactus Jack lost in Cleveland because <laughs> it's fucking it's terrible. It's stupid. That's <laughs> my best angle. <laughs> I know it was, you know, it's, it, it, see, it kind of hovers over that line a little bit like the Shockmaster, but honestly it was worse because it helped to derail Cactus Jack's momentum a little bit, even though he was injured, I think mm-hmm. it's still like, it's like you put him in a dumbass angle yeah, and made people not care as much about him. I, think. I want to clarify something for mine. It wasn't the the actual angle itself that I liked, that I chose. Because I agree with you, it is. It's kind of awful. It's so so nonsensical that it, it it's ridiculous. What I chose was specifically that little video package that explained what the fuck was going on. Yeah, so when it he was like, made sense to me. Clean shaven, and he was with some woman who Dub said looked like was wearing blackface. <laughs> yes. Yeah, like he got well basically the reason he got lost in Cleveland is because there was like this thing where he got injured or he was running away or whatever, but then they, they weren't like it, it the fact that I got a little bit of infos to understand it and then just something that even make sense that he would fight the the uh the master of the Asiatic nerve hold, like <laughs> it that, that helped a little I told nerve hold <laughs> So I, that's what specifically I was choosing. The segment itself was ass. So you know what? I'll revise what I said because uh, I chose it for the other, and it didn't really make sense. I'll I'll make the actual loss in Cleveland bit itself uh, my uh, honorable mention. You pull a Shockmaster. It's like when I picked Shockmaster, it was the best, and it was also the worst. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sometimes so- it works that way. You, I, I love me a good pug. Pugs are great dogs because they're the ugliest and cutest dog at the same time. They should not exist. <laughs> they shouldn't it does. exist. They're literally <laughs> trying not to. They're trying to die. They're trying to not breathe. They're like, kill me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. We've done it all. Pugs, slave names, fucking Pearl Harbor. You name it. <laughs> uh. Yeah, Lost in Cleveland was the worst. And here's an honorable mention, and I feel like you guys forgot this. It was Doink turning babyface. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Forgot that, now, this was, that was this month. And listen, the way they executed it, 
was fine. I didn't really have that much problem with how it, it happened, but it's what happens. Because <laughs> Doink's just way more interesting as a heel. And yeah, it's kind of cheating a little bit because I'm looking into the, the future from the future uh but it's just you know he's it's never going to be the same like he, it, he lost all of his appeal it just makes no sense like out of nowhere he just like i'm in, i'm gonna pour water on bobby and now now my face like you could have like milked the whole you know quadruple versions of doink and him like kind of like freaking other wrestlers out like that could have been got dragged out a little bit longer in my opinion Bro. We we got robbed of Undertaker versus Doink. Mm-hmm. Why couldn't you know? I I can't believe I just thought about this too. I guess it's just because I needed to see Doink in his prime. Why didn't we get Undertaker Doink? We could have got that instead of fucking Giant Gonzalez. What if Doink was fucking with the Undertaker using like clowns, like copies of himself? <laughs> when did the It mini series come out? Was that ninety two? Yeah, I think it was around this time. You could have done, you could have done a like promo of like uh, Paul Bear. Oh, don't like clown! It's time that you get. I don't know. So you'd include like it in it somehow. You sound like Mickey Mouse trying to be. Prepare yourself. Oh, it's gotta be changed. Listen, brother. 19, <laughs> it was 1990. It's actually a lot older than I thought it was. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I that was my honorable mention was Doink Turner Babyface because it just kind of ruins the character and it's never as good after that. And it's just dumb shit. And, mm-hmm. You're being a time traveling Mark. I am being okay. a time traveling Mark. But there's, I mean, <laughs> what else could I pick? Uh, worst yeah. match. Hmm. Sabretooth versus uh, fucking T Hawk, um, which is that was not T Hawk. He was like yeah. low T Hawk. <laughs> <laughs> we Big got Sky. there. Same wavelength. Uh, Big Sky versus Charlie Norris, and my honorable mention, probably one of the worst war games I ever saw in my life. But war war games at Fall Brawl. Yeah, that's actually what I chose as my worst match because yeah. it, it was a huge. Well, for I think the reason I chose it that way is because that there's a bar, there's an expectation that's set with what War Games is supposed to be, and that is not what what happened. It's not what we got. Um, and with the caliber of wrestlers that you have in that that match, it needed to be so much more, and it was just a huge disappointment. Um, so I, I chose that as the worst match. Although I'm, I'm sure, looking back, if I had to go purely from numbers alone, there are worse matches that I watch. But based on expectation, that's that's it for me. Um, that being said, I, I will go ahead and go uh, with the uh, the Norris Big Sky matches. Uh, honorable mention, and actually, I'll have a second honorable mention. I'll be greedy. Um, the uh, Orndorff match. The wow. uh, tag that the Orndorff equalizer tag team match that kind of sucked too. I'm shocked at your all's picks. I mean, not for over the war games thing because that's my honorable mention, <clears throat> and it's for like you know the reasons Chas stated. There's a, a expectation for war games and it was not met, and it feels like a wasted opportunity. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. 
sometimes that's worse than having an objectively bad match is when you there was thoughts that this match was going to be good and it didn't it didn't match up to the expectations and it, it feels like a waste of time. Yeah, that, that's actually a melterism. He he actually said once that uh, in in his own weird way of typing out shit in a long sentence, he was like, you know, sometimes a three star match is actually worse than a one star match. Yeah, that's exactly what you'd said. That's why it's expectation. <laughs> Uh, but my worst match was Nasty Boys versus Paul Roma and Arn Anderson, and that was fucking death, though. How did I forget? Oh, no, no, you know what? I'm sorry. <laughs> the match that I was thinking about that took fucking forever. I for some reason I had the Orndorff match because you brought up earlier. No, it was the Nasty Boys match. So I, I changed my mind. I, that's that's the match I was referring to. We all we all hated that match. I was like, what did you guys forget? Yeah. Well, I, for some reason, I had the, the Paul Wordworth thing in my head as the match because I was I kept thinking, oh, that match took fucking forever, and they just kept repeating the same cycle of spots. It was garbage. It was the Nasty Boys match that I was thinking about. We should so. just we should just say the worst match was half of Fall Brawl. <laughs> yeah. All, yeah, Fall Brawl was the worst match. <laughs> Damn. Besides Rick Rude and, you know, and uh, Steamboat and Regal. Fall Brawl was like how wrestling treats you sometimes. You get Isn't that weird? Something terrible. Isn't that weird though that it shows you where WCW is right now with their chaos? Like the top of their card is like just like top tier, like the greatest thing. But then everything else in between can just be so scattered everywhere and just be utter shit. Because like the both the best and the worst match decisively are on that same pay-per-view. It's like the mid card is just really fucked up in WCW right now. It's like they don't have any kind of plan almost or mm-hmm. anybody that, I mean, I'm not saying they don't have anybody they can push in the mid card to make everybody interested. That's not true. If you look at the roster, it's just. Oh, yeah. I think, I think this is all just more indicative of what's going on behind the scenes. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that, that tag match was fucking rough. That's probably one of the hardest things I've had to watch doing this show for a while. <laughs> That's fair. It was it was long and yeah, it was pretty awful. Uh who's in your stables? Or are we not doing the top eight? We are, that's after. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's usually at the end, yeah. Um I'll go first. Dub is World Order. Um <laughs> this is gonna be funny on my last one. Uh Rick Rude, Rick yeah. Flair, oh. Missy Hyatt. How are they going to get along? How's all? How are they all going to get along? They will, because because <laughs> what's going to keep them in line is the city of Cleveland, and that's my number four. <laughs> Cleveland, <laughs> what? <laughs> so you can put a city in your stable. I guess that's. Okay. I mean, that's like CM Punk. Yeah, Chicago, Chicago is is Mary's muffins. There it is. <laughs> what about what about the Chaz Club? The the Chaz the Chaz League. The, the, the Nation. The Chaz Nation. Yeah, the Chaz Nation of Domination. Yeah. Let's put some respect on it. Respect. Respect. Uh, well, I was gonna do a thing and go back to that international thing we were talking about earlier, but I think something funnier that dubs kinda hit at and I want to go with it. I'm gonna choose <laughs> It's so dumb. I'm going to choose Ric Flair, Rick Rude, Rick Martell, uh, and the one, two, three kid. What? Yep. Uh, and their, their names together, three men and a baby. 
by the manager. <laughs> this is like a shitty sitcom that goes on for 10 seasons. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like two and a half I'd men. I'd watch the first two or three. Uh, in ZX, we got Ravishing Rick Rude, of course. Missy Hyatt. Cole and Kane. Oh, yeah. And Sid Vicious to keep him in line. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, Sid Vicious. The old voice of reason. Yeah. Scissor, scissor Man himself. Scissor uh, Man. The, the OG Scissor Me the Daddy. The OG has. Scissor. <laughs> Laffy Taffy Leg. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor Sid. <laughs> but, uh, Someone Plus, fucking sorry, I got it. Someone smashed his car and then broke his leg. Goldberg, <laughs> Goldberg. <laughs> God damn it, I love him so much. <laughs> and you know what? When he watches his teammates getting his ass kicked, he just stands there and lets it happen. And then they lose the match too. <laughs> just... <laughs> it wasn't his time to interfere. He, he watched an obese construction worker. Bear hug a black man into submission and do anything about it. And that's not even me being like mean about how I'm saying it. That that is objectively what was seen. That's that's what happened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so our our top twelve got curtailed to top eight. Dubs, what is your top eight? All right. Um <laughs> Number eight is Sid Vicious. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hey, that's the, my number eight. Yeah, the reason why I picked him is because, one, he's badass. Uh, and two, the way he ended War Games where he was fucking, like, trying to get people to cheer for the heels by raising their arms. We got Maybe, <laughs> yeah. He was just in there ranting. It's like he was the only one that was trying to book. Well, Booker tried, or Cole, excuse me, tried to cut a promo at the camera, and it made no sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh number seven and i know that i know what everybody's probably thinking dubs why do you have people in war games if you hate the match there were some things that were good like sting sting was the <laughs> i think the only thing that was good about uh that war games and like they did this angle with dustin where dustin was like i'm i I'm an American hero, and I'm going to go in there first while I'm injured. It's the passion of Dustin, part two. Yeah. Is Dustin getting his fucking ass kicked? And it, I, I like the thing with the cowboy boot, too, where he took his boot off and was fucking beat the shit out of Vader with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so no, my number seven is Sting, because fucking Sting is awesome. Sting. Num- Sting. Got to say it like that. Uh, number six is Steamboat, Rick the Steamboat Dragon. Um, because again, he's not doing that weird. I'm I'm Jackie Chan shit that they made him do the other the Bruce time. Lee shit. Yeah, the Bruce Lee stuff. Uh, and my guy, like him and Regal, put on a good show. Um, number five is the tag team, the Steiners. Uh, just because I love the Steiners and I love how uh Scott Steiner just says you're going to the Frank Steiner whether you like it or not. <laughs> And yeah. he, he he does it a lot, <laughs> and I see it now. Uh, number four, the tag team. Now you're probably going to be, be like, why are they above the Steiners? But the Quebecers, uh, I like that one. They uh, sing their own entrance, even though it's so hokey and dumb. Uh, two, good heels, fucking 
Raven as their fucking uh, manager was still holding that lacrosse stick and hockey gloves. Holy shit. Just, just real quick. Think about if you're watching this fresh in 1993 and someone told you what Johnny Polo was going to do in the next 10 years. You'd never believe them. Like, he's going to go through a whole Nirvana phase and he's going to try to crucify people. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> it, it, it's yeah. it's kind of like his character went from Mad Max to, like, Gotham City villain. <laughs> <laughs> the raven kind of yeah yeah but uh yeah so the cubeckers i like him uh number three regal uh because i love his little fucking british snobbery uh where he thinks people stink and stop touching me uh he does that great and also is like his 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 wrestling is great and selling is great um is good yeah he's one of the best number two woo rick flair woo yeah woo woo I, I don't need to say anything. He's the best. And especially he did one of the best matches of the month, which number one is Rick Rude, because we already explained about this before. He's done everything right. And every time he's in the match, I'm excited. And I'm excited for whenever we watch the next pay-per-view, you know, if he's in it. <laughs> They're going to have a rubber match. Yes. Rick Rude and Ric Flair. I'm like, fuck yeah, I want to see that again. Mm-hmm. Yep. You got Chaz. What's your talk? All about? right. So I, I cheated a little bit because we, we talk about teams, but I, I'm assuming I can do this because it's the context of what I have. So I chose for number eight, I chose the, uh, or sorry, it was my number seven. Uh, my number eight is, um, fuck, what's his name? Uh, Stephen Regal. Sir Stephen Regal. Lord. I'm oh, sorry. You know, Lord, what am I thinking? Lord, sir, king, whatever. I'm drunk. Uh, so my number, my number seven, which is what I was trying to focus on, so I didn't fuck it up. I chose the entire heel team for more games because they're a team. They're all together. So, I mean, if, uh, if we need to get specific, then I'll put Vader and Vicious, just them two, because they're kind of do their tag thing right now, but um, but I, I had them, and then I included Harlem Heat in there. Uh, I, I refuse to say the slave names. Uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, number six, I actually have. Uh, don't forget about him. Can't sleep on him, even though he's been doing just some squash matches. I got a Bam Bam Bigelow because man still got moves. Um, number five, um, I have the Steiners um, because they're they're kicking ass and. and it's exactly what you said. Scott Steiner like jumps and puts his legs up and says, "Oh, you ready to take a bump? Uh, well, nope. you're taking you're taking nope. it. Shit. <laughs> Hold your breath." Mm-hmm. Um, at number four, I have I have Sting. Um, because uh, I'm a stinger. Got, oh, there you go. You, you, yeah. you fixed it. Oh yeah, you gotta say, you gotta say it right the first time, and then afterwards correct yourself. Yeah, I'm <laughs> Stanger. Um, at number three, I have uh, Ric Flair. Uh, woo, doing his thing. Uh, at number two, I have the Quebecers because they are like the most entertaining thing right now to watch. Uh, aside from our our our. Hey, hold on, sorry. And new. Oh, that was terrible. And new. 
WCW International World Heavyweight Champion of the World. Rick Root, number one. Even though that wouldn't be the right announcer, but you know where I'm going. Ravishing Rick Rude. Like that. Sure. You gotta, you you have to project from your diaphragm. You'd be like Justin Roberts. Yeah. (laughs) Somebody needs to castrate him for that. (laughs) God damn. Uh, I want I want Brian Danielson to choke him with his tie again. (laughs) So, (laughs) I also want Brian Danielson to choke Wheeler Yuta, but that's another story. Uh, my top eight is uh, Sid Vicious at eight because he's still doing his vicious thing, holding it down. Uh, seven is one, two, three kid. I'm continually impressed by early Sean Waltman and the, like, the crazy bumps he takes and just some of the shit that he does. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm kind of really feeling like, you know, there was like that period of time where they were like, oh, fuck X-Pac. He's got X-Pac heat. And I always kind of felt like that was like, artificial hate for him or something like it wasn't real it's like some shit that like people were starting to get on the internet talk about heat and it became a meme i think (laughs) uh i don't know i've never seen him do anything terrible like really though uh six is doink the clown because uh, he was having some good matches, and I, like I said, the execution of his babyface turn was good, and he did his part good. It was just, just it's all downhill from here. <laughs> so, uh, and especially when Matt Bourne uh, stops playing Doink, which I think is going to happen soon. Uh, five is Jacques Rougeau. I didn't include the Quebecers together. Uh, because Pierre, and I said, Pierre is pretty good, you know, he's a little impressive, but Jacques is the one doing a lot of the character work and he's mugging and, and saying shit that's funny in interviews and stuff and getting his word in edgewise. And he did the whole thing where he, he was selling being knocked the fuck out by one, two, three kid, which is like something you could be made fun of for right now. <laughs> so, uh, he's just he's doing a good job. <laughs> Four is Bobby Heenan because <laughs> he's being the glue that kind of holds Raw together even when it sucks sometimes. Yes. Is like that, like th- this episode that we watched, like if Bobby Heenan wasn't on there, I think my score would have been a little bit lower. If we had the old commentary team that had Rob Bartlett on there with Savage and Vince. Oh, I, I this oh, would have been me. <laughs> I would want to do cocaine. Yeah. But uh, uh, let's see. Uh, three is Lord Steven Regal because he just continues to fill in this role that they've they've made for him. Just be Euro tra- trash piece of shit asshole. He's like, all right, I can do that. <laughs> and it's like it's like the Vince thing, except they're doing it better right now. Um, number two is Ric Flair. What, what else can you say? And number one's Rick Rude. And it's like, we've been singing Rude's praises all night. So what else can you say about that, too? I don't know. It's better than pickled cheesecake is what I'm saying. 
what the fuck? <laughs> I don't know. I just saw a picture of pickled cheesecake, and I was like, that's fucking gross. It sounds fucking <laughs> disgusting. Yeah. It's like, there's like this weird obsession with pickles and pickle juice, and there's like, it's like the ranch shit. That's <laughs> fucking weird. Pucket, fucking pickled cheesecake. That's like the Charlie Norris of cheesecakes. <laughs> it's like the low T hawk of cheesecake. The low T hawk. <laughs> If I had to combine, if I had to uh, compare Paul Roma, it would be a pickle cheesecake. Oh no, the pickle cheesecake has so much more charisma than Paul Roma. <laughs> yeah. It's like a that weird. It's the pug of cheesecake. Yeah, but uh, best show an honorable mention. So I'm I'm kind of cheating a little bit. <clears throat> I know we said that a lot during these award show, but September thirteenth. Uh, WWF Raw is my favorite show of the month, but half of Fall Brawl is my <laughs> honorable mention <laughs> because the, 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 the best rated matches were, you know, Rick Rude and and uh, Rick Flair and Steamboat and Regal, and then the other was just like fuck it, <laughs> like it's trash. You could jettison but, the rest of that show. Yeah, but September thirteenth is when the Quebecers. Uh, you know, won the belts and did that Quebecers uh, rules and shit. And then, uh, Quebec province rules. Yeah. So like that, that was, that was my favorite episode of the month. Yeah. I kind of landed in the same boat as you because just based on how I rated the overall shows, I think I actually had the same thing. Like the highest show I had rated was, was that, that raw. The problem is, if we went by it based on like just certain portions, then yeah, the pay per view like Fall Brawl would be it. But it's so fucking uneven. Mm-hmm. Like it's so there's so much trash on that pay per view that it's just really hard to say overall that it it holds up because it there's so much of it. It's so much dead weight you have to get through to get to the stuff that's really good. Yeah. Um, so if you were able to say, oh yeah, well if I just took the 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 better, the best matches off of that, and said that alone, then yeah, that would easily be it. But it just weighed down by all that garbage. So I think it's hard to say that. But I, I, I'll do what you did, and I'll give the honorable mention too. But otherwise, it's raw from September thirteenth. Oh boy! So I did something unique this time. Oh. Uh, to me, there was no best show, and there was no honorable mention. Oh. <laughs> Because it's, like, it's like, okay, all the Raws that have <clears> happened <throat> for this month have just been okay to me. Yeah. To, to varying degrees. It's like they've kind of settled back into like a meh pattern after SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, they're doing cool stuff with the the, the Quebecers, the, the Quebecers, the Tomato Tomatoes, and uh, the Steiners. <clears throat> the Quebecers. <laughs> But like everything else, it's it's like going on right now is like it's just squashes and it doesn't really feel like they're getting anybody over except they're trying to get over this crush heel turn thing, and he's not holding up his end of the bargain right now. Uh, and it's like they for, I feel like they've forgotten about the other programs that were supposed to be going on. It's like where's why hasn't Bret Hart and Jerry Lawler been back on TV? That's not resolved. Where's yeah. where's Yoko, where's Yokozuna? Right yeah, where's your champion? Like, yeah, Jim where's, Cornette. Yeah, where's Jim Cornette? Who's going to be with Yokozuna? <laughs> yep. But um, that there's that WCW just flat out did not have two episodes of Saturday Night for this month. Uh, 
and we skipped one because we were so offended. Because it's shit. <laughs> because we, they were pissing us off. Uh, and they have a similar issue. It's like, what the fuck's going on in the mid card? You don't know. And they have ideas for main event guys, but it seems like that's it. And Fall Brawl, like you all were just saying, it had two really good matches on it. One was very good. and But the rest of the show is just you could toss it almost. It's like, why bother? You could probably watch that War Games if you're curious and you want to be like a War Games completionist. Uh, at least good luck. Huh? I said, good luck. That'd be, <laughs> a, that'd be a long fucking road. Well, I was going to say, uh, clarification, the classic war games, the, the, the NWA South WCW war games. I can't wait till we, what, what, when did World War Three happen? Like not, the, not the one that <laughs> might be happening, but the, the one that happened in WCW. <laughs> when does that happen? I think they do the first World War Three in like '95, but I'm not real sure about that. That uh, fucking match is insane, and Lex Lex Luger does his little grunt. Ah! Oh! Oh! <laughs> so loud. '96. Yeah. I like when he goes on offense, and it sounds like he's just like struggling. He's like, ah! <laughs> it's like he's punching you. And he's like, it's like he's terrified, but at the same time, he's trying. He's like he's trying to. He's like he's hitting a tennis ball. <laughs> it's, it's violent diarrhea with each, with each hit. Just you know, it's, huh! paint the ball. <laughs> but uh, that—that's my super edgy take. Is that no? There was no best show. Uh, See if of... if that, if that's an option, man, I would have fucking chose nothing either. <laughs> because... Yeah, well, if you want to rescind your fucking your opinion, there it is. You can do it. It's because yeah, it, 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 the way you put it, it's. We're doing shows like it has to be like an overall show, yeah. And, yeah. and nothing, nothing, uh, Nothing's was good. Nothing yep, good everything out. this month was mid, yeah, uh, but nothing was terrible, at least. Uh, and then who won the month? I'm gonna be even edgier, skip ahead. No one, no one won the month. I'm doing the same a, thing, it was no a stalemate. Honestly, there wasn't even just enough content to even say there was a winner. Like Bobby like, Heenan won. Bobby Heenan won. Bobby Heenan, who won the Rick, month? Rick Rude also won. Clearly, uh, he, he just yeah. he just did one of the best matches you, you probably ever seen. He also just got catapulted. Think about where he was at just like a month or two ago uh, in like what scene he was involved in, and and now he is he's champion. Yeah, I mean so he his got, he got the rocket strapped. Well. Ever since he left uh, WWF in the, uh, was it 90, 91, maybe? I can't really remember. And he went to WCW. It's like his career just went, like, up, like, after that. It's like even even when he was in the mid-card when he got Brian, he was still presented, like, this is Rick Rude. He's a, he's a fucking top guy. And they went that way with him ever since. And it's worked. It's paid off. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vince was... Fucking dumb for not trying to push him. Yeah. By the way, one of my favorite Stone Cold stories is when Stone Cold was riding with Rick Rude, and oh Stone boy, Cold, and Stone Cold has a potty mouth, and Rick uh, Rick Rude is a Jesus guy, and he got really pissed off that Stone Cold was fucking cursing, and he he, he like he wouldn't let anybody out of the car until you you did a prayer or something like that. That's funny. Yeah. 
And it's funny because we see Rick Rude, you know, telling people that they're fat and, you know, put their faces on his ass. So it's kind of funny. He's being like a whole a total asshole heel on TV, but in reality, he was like a really good guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He has all that insinuation that he beats and rapes women, but but don't you dare say curse words in my car. Mm-hmm. I, Listen, I, Jesus is watching. He's just being an actor. He's playing a part. Actors. Actor. <laughs> no. But uh that's uh September. It's it's in the can. Um now we're going to October. And I'm pulling up this schedule, uh, but there's an announcement. There was a executive decisions were made after a huddle, and we're dropping WCW TV for the rest of the fucking year because <laughs> so, we can't stand it. Yeah, we did. The only thing that's any good at all is pay per views, and even they kind of suck. We did a Quebecers conference. This is Quebec province rules uh, <laughs> that we're operating under from now on. Which is only only WWF TV unless they piss us off too. Uh, which we we just got, say no. To, we say no to everything. No more TV, <laughs> just pay per views. <laughs> well, I tell you what, that sounds pretty good for '94. Not gonna lie, we, we are gonna we are gonna jam through '94 if we do that. I think some there for WWF, anyways. There's some good stuff on TV, uh, but WCW, I don't, I cannot speak to. And from what I understand, it gets worse. So. Uh, our next episode will be October 4th, Monday Night Raw, and then October 11th, Monday Night Raw. Raw dogging it double we're, we're, style. Raw dogging it twice in one month, and then there's going to be Halloween Havoc at the like end Vince of the month. Like Vince McMahon. <laughs> <laughs> there's going to be some good matches on that show. There's going to be Cactus Jack and Vader, and then there's going to be Ric Flair and Rick Rude again. There we go. Fucking Halloween Havoc, by the way, which I've, I've heard. Is this a good Halloween Havoc? I don't know. I don't know what people think. I try not to look into, uh-huh. you know, what people thought of the show before we watch it. I'm highly, highly surprised if it's any worse than the the previous year. Yeah, you said Halloween you watched Havoc, 92 and you hated it, right? I watched 92 on a whim because I remember hearing about like the infamous coal miners glove match and how they they did the spin the wheel to make a deal thing and no one had the forethought to think, oh well all of wrestling is like we we script the finishes and we get to predict things, but nobody thought, oh, we should, probably shouldn't let this wheel be a live thing when we can control it and actually pick what the match is. And then they let that coal miners glove match happen and it was a fucking disaster. Yeah, it, I always heard that match sucked. It's train wreck. It, it was the lesson that if you're gonna do anything like that again, make it so that the spin the wheel to make a deal is is predetermined as well. Yeah, so you can control what the match is. Like it's okay. Just make people think that it was something that was spontaneous. So actually make it real. That's like fucking doing brawl for all. That's that's it, it's what it was. It was WCW's brawl for all. Oof. Yeah. Except there wasn't a bunch of dumbass injuries and some dumbass idiot who thought he had a good idea and it really was a bad idea. <laughs> just, no, I uh, think that part did exist. We just didn't hear as much about the name behind it. But uh, well, the, uh, it also wasn't as I. I still don't think it's nearly as bad as Brawl for All. <laughs> oh no, I, I mean, besides Brawl for All is just like on an epic scale on its own. But I mean, it's. This, like that, it, that concept itself is not great when you can control it. 
Like every measurable metric, it fucking failed. It took up a bunch of time. A bunch of people got fucking hurt. Nobody got over. <laughs> I mean, the end. And the funny thing is, the, the the career that you were supposed to launch with the result of it is the career you ruined. Oh, Bart Gunn, we made him a star. Well, yeah, but oh, and Bart Gunn he, he not, was going to ruin anyway. But I'm talking about Steve Williams, Doctor Death. Well, that too, yeah, to, yeah, yeah. Doctor Death was supposed to be the like have the platform and take off and, and with Stone Cold and have that that program. And his WWF career was just <laughs> just shit on in that. Yeah. It. We were robbed of a, a potentially awesome feud there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we should be able to cruise along at pretty smooth pace uh, through the rest of the year like this. Yep. Uh, Kick ass. Be cool. But that's all for uh, this week's episode. We'll come back in a couple weeks and do another. Indeed. So remember, we're on all pod- podcast services. Uh, right now, there's a. You're probably going to be watching this a little, uh, or at least listening this this down the road. But I have a backlog of things I need to edit because I want to put it like edit professionally uh, instead of just making it one long three hour thing. So I have some ideas that I'm going to be doing that I'll show Zach before I put it out. But if you want to catch all our shit, we're on YouTube's. We're all we're on all the podcast Ooh. services. Uh, We love doing his reviews, but until next time, get some color. Get it. Bye. You got to watch.